only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. Yeah, I was just explaining to Chris, we're trying to get some uh, revelation on Yahweh that, uh, you know, this huge question is whether there's actually two Yahwehs or not, because if there's a, a lesser Yahweh, uh, that would explain a lot of things. Yeah, but anyway, what I was saying, Chris, is that uh, the lesser Yahweh could be uh, a, a distinct being, uh, that he's, you know, he's this earlier son, the elder son. You can yeah. uh, combine these two models somehow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So anyway, what were you saying there? Uh, I'm trying to look for the verse now, but, I mean, it says in Exodus that, uh, you know, when it's talking about the killing of the firstborn, God said that he would, or Yahweh said that he would send his destroyer, the destroying angel, to do that. Oh, yeah. yeah, you mentioned that. And later, it, it, it equates the two, and it says that Yahweh is the one who killed all the firstborn. As in the one who was in in heaven, the higher one. Okay, but there's 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 two, at least two ways you could look at that. Is that, um, you know, he carries. Well, it's kind of like you know, uh, it says Pharaoh hardened his heart, and then later it says that God hardened his heart. Okay. Sometimes it, it focuses just on uh, secondary causes and who's behind it, you know. So that you can explain mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So it could be doing either one there, but it's just hard to tell. That could be possible. He's carrying out uh, Father's will or the higher Yahweh or something like that, you know. And it credits both. It would definitely explain, I mean, Genesis, too. The Yahweh walking around, you know, with yeah, Adam and Eve. Everybody I mean, knows that's, that's not the Father. I mean, if they're sticking straight. Yeah, I mean, that seems like it could be this messenger of Yahweh. But, I mean, again, that 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 brings us to what I've been trying to research lately is what, what exactly happened in the garden. Mm-hmm like who the serpent was and stuff, and I came across this article yesterday. Let me just read it here. It's real short. Is, it says... Uh, you posted in the room? It's on my post. posted in my... In room? In my, yeah, in my Facebook group. I just want to say uh, real quick in there that um, the reason I don't do anything in there is because of Eric and Austin, and I'll tell you right now, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I got a sensitive issue where I'm basically walking on eggshells because he has some important my stuff of mine over there still. Okay? Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing is I'm giving him absolutely nothing to react to. The, the mm-hmm. least thing to react to is like a wall of science of silence of people who are looking for something to react to. They'll find something and say, he doesn't sing to me, so I'm mad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I don't give him anything. So mm-hmm. when he used to... Um, type away in the other room about how is that I was uh, a, a narcissist and uh, was just a subject of judgment, stuff like that. He had a, a bad attitude, and, and I mean, Connie will tell you that, but uh, I never I never said anything, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you were typing away about sky-centrism, remember all that? Um, 
Not really. In the old out of out of uh, out of darkness into light Facebook group. Yeah, I don't remember me talking like, about. I don't re- but... recall replying like one time. Okay. Because I'm not much into like getting into a tangle on Facebook because it's just uh, too much typing, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. people defend their positions. And, yeah. Uh, it's better to have a conversation. I actually don't think God designed. That's a modern form of like debate and argumentation. I, I think it's just vastly inferior. Mm-hmm. I, I I want to change people, and what they need is information, and the, they're lacking information, or they need to think about this, or well, you have to say a lot to communicate your position. Well, how are you can do that in text? Because all see, almost all the things we're talking about are complicated, and uh, in my mind, they're complicated. So I just get frustrated. I just say nothing. <laughs> 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 yeah, do it like you know, in this kind of format here, and you see, I'm always willing to talk, mm-hmm. but not Facebook texting very much. You won't get much out of me. <clears throat> so. Yeah, I see. I figured I don't really mind. I just, I God designed us to not only talk, but actually look at somebody when we're talking. So we're already sacrificing the fact that we can't actually look at the people. You know. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind that you don't post anything though, because. Stuff I post, I just post just to get people to think, really. I don't even have any really concrete opinions on them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so that's the thing with Eric and Austin, and uh, I already told Dave Colham I do not want him in that forum, Eric. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he's going to either have to side with me or him, and he sided with me. Because you're not going to get anything out of Eric anyway, so he just... He's in Netflix world. He, he He's always had problems producing because he loses focus. Mm-hmm. He'll do a little something for a while, but I, I mean, I, I I will literally predict that. Don't worry about it, because he'll he'll fade away real soon, and he always does. So whatever he does, you don't get excited about it. He he, he gets on there and he tries to create doubt in Johnny's mind. He's trying to put me on the streets because he believes that I have a messianic complex and I need to uh, wake up and face reality. And he had Connie convinced about this for a while. And she even said to Leanne, you know, Eric's right about that. And uh, But she's changed her mind. You know? And she's all bored now because she was completely delusional when she went back to John, her ex. I mean, this, I don't, we don't need to talk about this now. But I mean, she, she picked, oh, the voice that was speaking to me last night said, yeah, you should feel sorry for her because uh, she's got regrets now. I mean, she's pregnant. And I actually believe that that's God's punishment, but it's also a blessing, you know. Any kind of pregnancy is, is a blessing, mm-hmm. no matter what happens. But um, she's stuck with him now, and this is the guy that she used to rag on as long as you'd listen to her about, you know, how miserable no, I've life heard. was I've heard. living with yeah. him. Yeah, and, just, and then she goes back to him. <laughs> I'm actually writing yep. this down, what she said last night. I forgot about it. I was walking to the store. All right, well, article. let me get to this uh, yeah. article here. It says, uh, the god of Luciferian witchcraft is Seth Ann, or Set, the same as Samael, or Satan. This is the Egyptian prince of darkness, a lord of chaos, and sorcerer's power. Set should not be considered merely a god in an anthropomorphic sense, rather a deific force, which is the very essence of our being. While Azazel or Lucifer brought to Cain the black flame of consciousness, this was this was as to Seth's gift to mankind. 
By working in the circles of Luciferian craft, you are merely fulfilling your ancient heritage. While some choose paths less dangerous than this, the reality of witchcraft as a Luciferian gnosis cannot be denied. The great work in reference to Set is for the magician to seek divinity, that is, awareness, individuality, and personal power. By believing in yourself rather than something higher than you, the only higher angelic or demonic being is you, the Luciferic angel or holy guardian angel you become as your models. Within the black tradition, the Luciferian trinity, which is composed of Samael, Lilith, and Cain, holds significance in the model of practice within the cult. This trinity is an alchemical process of becoming in which the magician aligns and utilizes the deific associations of Samael, Lilith, and Cain to transform their consciousness into the, the divine essence, which is Baphomet, the, the head of knowledge. To describe Samael, a small section as follows is for, from Liber H5HI, a ritual work which defines the deeper and darker practice of the left-hand path in terms of witchcraft. It says, quote, It is written in the Bible that Samael or Satan fell from heaven as lightning, being a flash downwards who before the fall was a guarding seraph around the throne of God. After his fall, he was a master of death, the very poison of God, yet he was also a giver of life, being the father between fallen angel and woman. In later Jewish writings, Samael is associated with the name Malkira, which... Morris Jastrow Jr. associated with Malik Ra being, quote, the evil angel, and the name Matin Buckus being a form of Angro Manyush or Araman, the that god in Zoroastrianism. Here does the circle become closed and the nature of the first angel become perceived or sensed. In ongoing ritual work, the magician begins identifying his or herself with Samael and Lilith within the parameters of their own life and initiation. It says, The Lord of the earth, being a name ascribed to Samael or Satan, and his fallen angels and demons are but considered astral spirits, that which no longer take physical form, but may become manifest through the magician or witch who may take make a pact with them, being initiation and dedication to the left-hand path. Samael is the patron spirit of the left-hand path, as his word is what formed our thoughts and gave us the inner fire of the black flame, our individual process of thought and free will. The magicians who aligned their will with the left way, that of Samael or the devil, were given powers over the earth in one way or another, all the while strengthening, defining, and expanding their conscience. In Exodus 7, the magicians were able to make frogs and serpents by the power they obtained in the devil, Thus, such creatures are astral forms of Araman, or Samael, and the dreaming body of witches and sorcerers. It says, uh, here we can see that Samael, or Satan, or Shaitan, is not the all-devouring aspect, but also the savior of humanity and the original planter of the seed of light in our being. Through Cain did his lineage survive and continue on spiritually to this present time. Lilith, being the bride of the devil, is one part of the adversary as being the dark, instinctual side of man and woman, feminine yet horrific and loving all within the same breath. Lilith is known by the Semitic Lael, which is a word which a word is meaning night, but also the name of the demon of the storm. Lilith is associated with the screech owl and other beasts of the wild, as it is where she went after she left heaven to wander the earth. She is considered one of the three Assyrian demons, being Ardat Lilith, Lilith, 
Lilit, and Lilu, but rather these may be just variations of her name. It is suggested by some Hebrew scholars that Lilith was worshipped by exiled Jews from Babylon as a goddess of the wilderness. Lilith, as described in post-biblical literature, is viewed as the queen of demons. She went to the caves near the Red Sea and copulated with fallen angels to beget other demons. She also taught, according to Manichaean lore, the fallen angels how to form bodies and have sexual relations to give life to other, quote, dragon children. She was said to have been the reunited reunited with her mate Samael after the fall when he would not be roused by his fellow fallen ones and demons. Only the words of Lilith could rouse him. He then kissed her form and caused menstruation, which was passed on to all women as Lilith is directly connected with their fiery and dark sides. The goddess of Luciferian witchcraft is Lilith or Babylon, as described previously. She is also Hecate, the darkened moon goddess of the cunning circle, whose blessing is both youth, imagination, and death. The sun is within you, and that is Cain, the Baphometic daimon, whose magic is the core essence of the religion of sorcery. The very circle-casting rite, as written by Gerald Gardner, presents the mother of witchcraft, quote, Mother, darksome and divine, mind the scourge and mind the kiss, the five-point star of love and bliss. Within the circle, there is the very grail of the adversary that through self-love can the essence of the pentagram be sensed and understood. He refers to Hecate or Lilith via Diana as being, quote, hell's dark mistress, heaven's queen. This is the dual nature of the devil and his bride, the adversary, that by both Sabbath rites does the cup of heaven and hell are filled. Cain was the son born of, by some accounts, Samael and Lilith through Eve, the first Satanist, Satanist and witch. Quote, it is said within the dark traditions that the Bible is mistaken with regards to Cain's true parentage. Cain was in fact a half-human, half-demon bastard child of Adam and Lilith. It was for this reason that the Lord would not accept his offerings and prayers rather than any specific demands of animal sacrifice. The tale continues with Cain being cursed to wander the earth as a vagabond with the ground he tills, never giving bounty. In certain rabbinical literature, the daughters of Cain were those who joined in sexual union with the fallen angels, the watchers, and gave birth to the Nephilim, the giants who were warlike and brutal. They were said to have been populated the earth in plenty and attacked the children of Seth. In Manichaean lore, the queen of demons and spiritual initiator of Cain, Lilith, taught the fallen angels to form physical bodies and join with each other sexually. It is suggested also by writers Kaufman, Kohler, W.H. Bennett, and Lewis Ginsburg that the children of Cain spent their days at the foot of a mountain, Eden, question mark, practicing in wild orgies with the music of Lucifer through that created by Jubal. Women, the first Parikas, or fairies, or witches, in their beautiful appearances, invited the sons of Seth, or the children of God, and copulated with them, bearing other children. This Jewish folklore presents the earliest forms of the witches' Sabbath as a Luciferian celebration and practice of sexual magic. Quote, to Philo, likewise, Cain is the type of avarice, of folly and impiety, and of self-love. He built a city means that he built a doctrinal system of lawlessness, insolence, and immoderate indulgence and pleasure. And the Epicurean philosophers are of the school of Cain, quote, claiming to have Cain as teacher and guide, who recommended the worship of the sensual powers in preference to the powers above. 
and who practiced his doctrine by destroying Abel, the expounder of the opposite doctrine. Herein we can see that Cain is thus a flesh and blood embodiment of the Luciferian path itself. He is the son of Satan and Lilith, the dark essence which is deeply connected with Eve, the wife of Adam. Cain is not only the patron father of witches, also the symbol of the initiate upon the antinomian path. All right, so that was the article. The antinomian path. Yeah, well... The guys sound like a satanic scholar. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's you know what antinomian means? Um, it means against I, law. I, what does it mean? The heresy. It means against law. Oh. Yeah, I've heard it before. Hmm. I was writing down some notes while you were talking. Well, yeah, I find this interesting because I was studying a theory yesterday that I came across. I don't know if you've heard this, but there's a theory out there that the serpent in the garden was actually Lilith. Have you heard well, this theory? Well, they're telling us that in the, uh, in the pictures. I know, because apparently all these medieval church people used to think that, and that's why they depicted her like that. Like, even in that one uh, artist painting like it's it's a female upper torso and then it's a serpent she's got a serpent you know lower half Mm -hmm. and i watched a video yesterday this guy said like apparently the original hebrew like of i don't know the grammar for the serpent like it it does it's ambiguous on whether it's a he or a she and they translated it as he in reference to the serpent and then like you know in this genesis 126 said about the he and the she? Huh? You repeat what you said about the he and the she? Mistranslated it? I was staring well, at the window thinking... They, they, tran- they translated it as he in reference to the serpent in our, in our you know, English translations. Mm-hmm. But apparently in the Hebrew, it's, am- it's ambiguous. Like, it, it could be oh. something else. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I asked you that. That's very important. Mm-hmm. And uh, you also claim that this... You know, I don't. So, what's your opinion on Genesis one twenty six? Do you think that was an earlier creation? No, no, no. That that's definitely. Uh, I, I've I've got that worked out. He's speaking to the Elohim, mm-hmm. and uh, you're created in the image of your your angelic self, basically. Right. If it's male or female. Right, but but you don't think. So you don't think that was an earlier creation than the no. Genesis two? No, the reason they developed those theories is because they don't understand what I just said. They have no concept of it. They're not even. They, they, they just, it's not something that even enters their mind as a possibility. So you think it's the same creation as in Genesis two? It's just yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah. It's telling it differently. Yeah, I would ignore those uh, those theories. That you know what that has to do with? It has to do with the creation of the soul. Right. Yeah. Well, I gotta say that this guy's this guy's theory, you know, on this whole Lilith thing is he actually thought that this was an earlier creation, and it was talking about the creation of Adam and Lilith. Okay. Yeah, he said so. God created man in His own image, in the image of God He created him. Male and female, he created them, and this was before. There's a lot there that um, you could this actually run into somebody he, who has access to some secrets. Mm-hmm. There's such a glut of uh, confusion out there that it's possible that somebody's sitting on a few things that I haven't even heard. You know that that the dark side have. You know. Yeah. Well, 
it's interesting too because I've never thought about that possibility. Yeah, he basically says that you know this this gen- earlier Genesis one twenty seven is talking about the original creation of Adam and Eve and Adam and Lilith. Well, what and I think he's created, doing he created, there, is he, he just created, he's, he's, he's putting a satanic spin on on, what, on the two creation theory. Well, I'm just I'm just telling you his theory. So he created mm-hmm. them together mm-hmm. here, and then his theory is that you know Lilith left him which we see in Genesis 2, you know, he's without a wife in Genesis 2. Well, this is possible because because it would start with him. Why wouldn't he be one of them? Yeah, that's possible. I'm thinking it's possible. Because he's, see, all humanity is created, all their souls, and I say that Adam is a super soul, so why wouldn't it refer to him? Well, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, so Lilith left him, and she became the serpent of Genesis 2. So just real quick, I mean, said, that's the immaterial part of Adam. And then the material aspect is uh, is later. You see that? Yeah, I agree. It's like the, his, his heavenly body or whatever. Hmm. Or his, well, I don't even know, really. I don't even know how you'd create a heavenly body, I guess. But because in most other traditions, that's that was emanated, not really created. People can they think that uh, God's creating his spirit, but the spirit's not created, so he's just breathing the spirit into him, and that animates him. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, so you think Genesis one twenty seven? He's creating like a heavenly body. Uh, I was just thinking about that as you're saying that. Um, I'm not sure about that. I'm certain it has to do with the soul, though. If the, if Adam is included, I'm not sure yeah, but what didn't the soul have to do with it? Didn't the soul have to do with the earthly body, though, in Genesis 2? Because that's, that's when he breathes life into his earthly body, and then he becomes a living soul, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, Genesis the can, it, The soul can exist independently from the body. And you, you see, mm-hmm. I interpret Psalm 139 that way, where David says that I was formed, in, you know, in the... The bowels of the earth. I what it says. Yeah, but I think that's talking about pre-existence in a way in the distant past is Adam. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I'm, what happened with Spirit Cleaner is I let the cat out of the bag, and uh, I was given a sign um, when I came on his his a Skype call with him that uh, that I was mm-hmm. supposed to talk about because I didn't want to talk about it. I'm, I have zero motivation to talk about that stuff because I'm going to have my hands full. But I don't think the agents will come after me because if they do they will just start bring attention to this esoteric stuff I talk about. They don't want to do that. So uh, you got these people out there that, uh, like Chris Putman. Did you ever see what he did with uh, Rob Skiba? No. I got to go look at that. Uh, I mean, he just totally attacked him. And we were told that Chris Putman is not an agent. But... The other guy that he wrote the books with, uh, Tom Horn, obviously is. What did he attack him about, like his flatter stuff? His, uh, no, not that. Um, his Christology, hmm. which has some commonalities with me. Hmm. But he thinks he's one of these, uh, he's a he's, he's Trinitarian, you know. He's just standard, run-of-the-mill, hmm. humdrum. Doesn't change anything. Hmm. And, uh... He thinks he's defending the faith and stuff like that. <clears throat> come after you. 
Yeah, they have this mentality where we have to protect the flock. That mentality, so that's how they justify everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a handful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I mean, it's people, well, I, well, I, normally we're dealing with agents, but there's a guy that's not an agent. It's be a big pain in the ass, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I keep a low, low profile in certain places, like there's this uh, Facebook group group called Extraordinary Intelligence. Are you familiar with that one? Yeah, that's that Natalie. Okay, he's all over whatever. that thing. So I I, I, uh, I just, Connie pulled out of there because she got disgusted with those people. Because they got this either war mentality about the New Age movement. It's all demonic and just, uh, just a big headache, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't want nothing to do with people like us. Mm-hmm. They don't, they can't comprehend us. The, the, the conspiracies can't be that bad because God wouldn't allow it. I mean, you know, I say that a lot, but it really is true with these kind of people. They just can't go that far. These Christians are really mild conspiracy theorists, you know. You've you noticed that, right? So there has to be some kind of reason. So that's the that's the reason that I developed this. Anyway, you've heard that a lot. So anyway, go ahead. Oh, hold on. I like it when you read things. Huh? I wish you'd do a whole bunch of that. <laughs> Do what? What did you say? Oh, uh, just read texts. Oh yeah. My my yeah. books are out there in boxes and stuff like that, and I'm just under motivated to get out there. I think about doing this and that and with different books, but I'm going, oh my god, I got I got to look through all these books for us or boxes for a single book, and I'm just going. Phew. Yeah, I think that one author is definitely way ahead of her time in that book because of yeah, all the stuff I've researched, like she's really in line with. Like what I believe about cosmology, and what I think we do believe about cosmology, because even she even mentioned how, you know, the firmament's a sphere in totality. You know, there's like a there's like an under firmament. You know, like the whole I've never cosmos. Heard anybody say that? Besides the whole me. cosmos is like a sphere, you know, in totality, but the Earth is in the middle of it. You know, it's like the yeah. dividing partition. Yeah. Yeah. It's or it really, could be an oblate spheroid. Yeah, I don't think so. But okay. well, I think I mean I think it's it's uh, you know it has a convexity in the in the middle because that I think that's where that mount this huge mountain is. You know, just but, yesterday I was starting to question this tamarack mine type stuff because if that goes down in flames, I don't see how it can go down in flames. But uh, that's primarily why I believe in this concave Earth. Well, I mean, there's more reasons than that. It, the Earth has to be reasonably flat, mm-hmm. so it would just question whether it's convex or concave. But anyway. You can't have radical curvature. We know that. Yeah, no. But anyway, okay. uh, so yeah. back to the serpent. So uh, he also theorized that why the serpent went to Eve first and not to Adam. Was because Adam would have recognized the serpent as Lilith. Okay. So the the serpent went went to Eve and deceived her. Yeah. Okay, now we were told, you know, Connie and Lisa, that they all had sex before they ate the apple, and I, I and I started thinking, and I said, uh, um, so this is, I developed this theory that actually weakened Adam. And 
explain mm-hmm. why he actually did what he did. He was he was he was weakened, and they said that though. Well, I I actually remember Lisa saying, "Oh yeah, they were having like lots of fun," because I well, asked the question, "Well, did this happen like once?" And uh, you know, she's talking to her angel, which was the most trustworthy one we ever I ever, I ever talked to. Aha, Lisa. She's supposed to be eighth in rank, and she's an attendant or uh, like maiden to Azura. Yes, they're always yes, no. and they. It, I mean, there's like a huge doctrine about this. They show her in movies. Her color is pink. And you will actually, I've got this unbelievable, um, like, alchemical wood carving where they actually show her in Azura. And uh, you've got, whenever you see this bizarre mixture of pink and orange, that has to do with the two of them. Because you're going, those colors do not mix. What the heck are they doing there? Nobody ever questions it, you know. But that, I mean, you do not want to go out in public dressed in orange and, and, and pink. That's not going to work. That's like one yeah, of the worst color mixes ever. So yeah. they're communicating that. I'd have to find that for you. It's something to really look at. It's an alchemical wood carving. So yeah, well, this this guy speculated that uh, the reason Adam fell with Eve was because he didn't want to lose Eve like he lost Lilith. Well, that's what I said. I just didn't say that. That would make perfect sense. Yeah. But I'm coming out now and I'm saying I believe in Lilith. Have you heard me say that? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then I'll say, well, I can't prove it. But, you know. Well, and then he also said the reason why he said that the serpent's punishment mirrored Eve's punishment. It was kind of similar. He said that's because, you know, when it says, I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. So he's going with this view that the, that the serpent is female. Yes, the serpent okay. is Lilla. That's why he said between your offspring and her offspring. It's like a dichotomy between the two females and their, and their, uh, their pregnant, because it was about, like, pregnancy, you know, and their pregnancies. I don't know. I mean, I think it would explain, like, the whole Asherah stuff in the Old Testament, why God was so super against that, and then they associated Asherah with the pole, because that was the tree symbolism. We need to figure yeah. out if there's two Yahwehs, because um, that would be that lower Yahweh, like I said before, but uh, but he could be he could be dark, because before we were going now, you, we had problems because you got the male serpent and you got Yahweh, but now you don't have that problem. If that's uh, a female, things would change there. Are we talking about that before? These are certain texts where the. Yeah, I guess you got the Yahweh. Um, you know, like you can't have Yahweh speaking to himself. You got two different beings. But if that's the female, <laughs> uh, that'd be weird though, because he would be putting okay, he'd be putting a curse on his consort. But it's still theoretically possible, you know, in Genesis three, because he's just carrying out what the higher Yahweh says, he doesn't have a choice. Like Michael has to do, no matter how dark he is, he has to do what the Father says. It just goes right through him. That's what we were told. I, I could conclude that anyway. Because that's what the Bible teaches in Romans 9.19. You know, who can resist his will? Same with angels. He can do anything through anybody. You may not like it. You know. And that's what I'm starting to, it almost seems like the Bible is about like this war between Yahweh and Lilith. Like, uh, you know, Yahweh was super against the feminine in the Old Testament. 
you know, he's super against Ashura mm-hmm. worship. And then it seems well, you like have to develop theories. Seems like they the, may have been parted for a long time and became enemies. Like in the New Testament, it's like reversed. Like Yahweh then gets punished. Huh. He may have. Uh, <clears throat> she may have um, been in the foreground from the very beginning, and he was in, he was already below her at, at the time of Genesis. Because you're naturally going to assume that happened, uh, like maybe in the first century or something like that. Because I believe that she's. Uh, she told me she's a dominatrix. I'm a dominatrix, and uh, my understanding is that she dominates him, and, and that this is actually a judgment on him. You know what I mean? According to what she told oh, me. Well, 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 why did he punish her? Maybe it's not, maybe it's whatever she did with Eve and Adam. What did she do with them? What was the whole? Why don't we just try asking a question here? Okay, there's so much confusion. We really know who he is, and. Yeah. Okay. They use they typically tell me the answers, but I, I got to Okay. Whatever we're talking about is very important because I just I got attacked. And the reason I'm going to tell you this is because um, that way if the answers are false, they're still influencing me. So about three or four times they've attacked me. I can't tell it's an attack, and. Um, they try to convince me that I'm talking to the mother. It starts off good, and then the mother says, "Well, I, you know, I'm dark, my son, and stuff like that." And I'm going, "What?" And then they'll start telling me this, all these doctrines and stuff like that. The father has fallen, and this is the way things are. Or another one was that I'm dark, but the father's okay. And um, and the reason I sit there and listen is because they say, um, you know, we. We we're we're bringing you along, and we you know you can we give you what you can handle. This is the true reality. At, but then um, then we back off, and we go back to normal. But each time that we do this, we initiate you further, and you know further and further. And then we pull away, we back off. You know you've had enough, but it's like being seated in your soul. And that is a really good uh, thing to say because it, it justifies that, that that this could possibly be true. Each time they do this, you see that. Mm-hmm. But what happens is it, um, I'm just, supposedly it gets exposed, and I, I believe this, and they and, uh, say that wasn't me, uh, you know, it was Azra, she's lying, and stuff like that, you know. But it happened again to me this morning, before you called, and it obviously has to do with what we're talking about. I didn't want to say anything to you about it, but the reason mm-hmm. I'm saying it right now is because um, if these answers are false, it's because I'm still still hearing from these voices. I did not hear from a good spirit until I laid down, and then I heard, I'm back. But that could be deception. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what they were trying to tell me is that everyone is corrupted in heaven. Um, they said the Father has fallen, but I think it's somehow the being on the throne. That's why I mentioned that to you. This is what they were saying. This stuff always gets exposed within the course of a day. Now, it may have already happened because when I was laying on my back, you know, it's the, the good voice spoke, and um, but it didn't say much, and I didn't say much either because I was just thinking about things. And you're going to call like any minute. But uh, anyway. Okay, so I'm going to ask the question. I was already told the answer. This this is what happens commonly. I remember I used to ask to Eric, 
Eric gives huge amount of information. I used to sit on the phone. He'd be driving around. I'd ask all these profound questions. And he wants to deny all that and act like he didn't participate in any of this stuff. Yeah. Because they were the ones that were getting revelations about me. I wasn't hearing anything. Now they want to wipe it all away and and blame it all on Dave. Well, this is what everybody got. How do you explain all this stuff? I can tell you something. I could tell you something. Don't tell. Don't tell him I told you. Just a this, second. Uh, let me say something real quick. I mean, this is why James never collapsed. Is because he would get a little concerned, and he would go to his angel, which is more trustworthy, and he would just be told the same old thing. So he goes, well, "I'm not going to worry about it because that's that's what they're saying." So go ahead. Well, don't tell. Don't tell him I told you this. But uh, he, he was reading this book, and he ran across this little piece of info that he wasn't expecting, and it was talking about a. Uh, what are you talking about? Huh? What are you talking about? Oh, Eric. Oh. Yeah, he 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 told me about this. Uh, he ran across this like ancient tradition, and I ran across this too in one of my books afterwards. Like totally unexpected. It was uh, on a completely different topic, the book, but it's about uh, this ancient holiday that people used to have to uh, celebrate Michael. Mm-hmm. So they called it Michaelmas. Guess okay. what date? Guess what date they celebrated on? It was it was Eric's birthday. Okay, I just want to say this real quick. Um, if you listen to Spirit Cleaner, he says that this April twentieth is encoded in the Twin Towers, and he's also talking about December twenty fifth, and how they have synced that up with all these numbers and stuff like that. You know, like this year, um, I'm talking about there. There, it's a it's a, it's a number that goes back. It's either from April 20th to December 25th, or it's September 23rd or September 24th to, to December 25th. And he weaselled that April 20th thing out of me. This guy is like totally an esoteric. I'm sitting there on a private call. Even he thought I was private, and he starts asking about Connie and Lisa. And I go, well, and he goes, well, I thought this was a private call. I said, well, what we were saying earlier was like podcast material, so I kind of slipped into that mode. And uh, he took all that audio and just put it up there <laughs> on, his, on his show. I just found it out like last night. I knew he had a new show, but all he did was just upload the Skype call. I mean, we're talking about all kinds of sensitive stuff in there. He just wants to get it all out there and just let everybody hear. And I'm going, uh, no. <laughs> And I explained this to him. I said, you don't want to do that with the place protection. You're going to yeah. have your hands full. Yeah. You can't do that. And so I'm trying to teach him. He doesn't. He's kind of a hard head, and I want him to get the streams in the desert. And he says, well, I'm not really like that. He doesn't, he doesn't get it. Everybody needs that because I told him, I said, and I'm, I'll tell this to everybody. You, everybody needs to find out if the Queen of Israel used to be Semiramis. Do you think that might be important? Because you're not going to be able to prove it with the Bible, or you're not going to be able to disprove it. So maybe you should go out and find out if that's true, because if that is hey, true... I'm going to get it just to find out who this Yahweh is. Just about anything. You got that book? No, not yet. Oh, you need to get that book. Yeah. Please get that. Now, uh, that book has been used like five times. It's been exposed, so it's not perfect. I freaked out because I thought it was infallible. And uh, Eric and I both used it to ask about September way back in like 2012 or something like that. And it spoke clearly, like over and over again. And I was like totally confident. 
and nothing happened. And I, I, I freaked out, and I go, what in the hell is going on? It happened with him, too. And we were told that Michael manipulated it. And so after that, I go, oh, my God. And then it, he, he did it like three other times. And so Connie said, do, never, not, do not open that book unless you pray. And, and, I, and I don't because, um, because I don't trust the answers. And, and I actually write it down, you know, I prayed. Because later, see, later you can't, you forget all the details and uh, what was going on when you opened the book. And so you're questioning, thinking, you know, did I pray? You know, because you're going, is this really true? You know what I mean? Because a lot of stuff that says it's hard to believe, man. You know. So I won't even open the stupid thing unless I pray. That's just like, you know, trying to get revelation now. But um, I could get revelation right now, but I, I don't really trust it that much. Especially if I have to see what happened with me. In fact, what they could be doing is just creating doubt about the answers. I could be hearing the truth, but see, now I'm going to have doubt in my head because I had all this craziness happen. But the craziness has to do, we're talking about sensitive issues that somebody does not want us to know about. I tell yeah. you, and Azra is always, she's always a top suspect. I guarantee that right now. And, you know, I, t- I talk to her, I hear from her, and she goes, uh, I go up and down. And I go, well, you lied to me. And she says, that's my nature. <laughs> yeah, it sure is, all right. Oh, well, and she said, that's my role. She actually, I talked to Connie. She says the same thing. You know what she told me about Connie? <laughs> Connie thinks she's talking to Sophia, this Gnostic goddess, and she thinks that she's, I don't know, lower Sophia or something like that. I think she still believes that stuff. But um, she says, well, I just hear from the mother, and, and she calls herself Sophia. It's pretty obvious to me that it's Azra. She's deceived because you could talk to her. You can tell she's on mind control. I can tell. And uh, and she said, and she said, don't 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 tell her, but it's me. <laughs> and I just assumed that, you know, that she actually told me that, you know, or, or, or you know, you could say the Azra voice or whatever if you don't want to believe it's her, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just assumed that. But Connie is she's she's delusional. She thinks that Azra is gone. And this uh, sex magician had her convinced, you know, Patrick, that he had destroyed Azura and she got a new higher self. You'd have to be really freaking delusional to believe in that. You know that. Mm-hmm. She wanted to believe that she had a new higher self. And, and she doesn't believe in... She told me she doesn't believe in demons anymore. And uh, I knew she believed that, but I figured that, she, you know, you still believe that? You know, got, you know, Connie, everybody believed... Well, not everybody, but, I mean, that was the, the general opinion. I didn't have a problem with evil spirits in the ancient world. I said, that's a modernistic belief, like New Age. And she, she stopped, and, and, she go, and she goes, yeah, like she's thinking, you know. She's easily influenceable by a male. And she's told me that. We're going to change the subject here. She actually said that when I get around, when I have a, a boyfriend, I, I believe what they believe. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. She just flip flops around and uh, depends who's influencing her. Mm-hmm. Some television. I don't even have to ask her because John told her, "I don't want to talk. I don't want you talking about religion. I don't want you talking about God." And so, what do you think you're doing? It. She's not on the computer. She told me. So, what do you? Th- he's watching. He watches television hour to hour when he's not working. So she's just gone back, just like Eric, to the television set. It all has to do with their spouse. See, their spouse holds them back. You know, I got to sit here and suffer and be alone, but there's there's a huge payoff for all that. Oh yeah, I can distractions and everything. You'll see it with Cassandra being gone. I mean, she's holding you back. Oh uh, yeah, I was gonna say. Intellectually. Yeah. 
you got to deal with her chaos, you know. So you know about that. Oh yeah, take care of her kid and be a key. Connie is a drama queen. Yeah. That question. She's a handful, man. Mm-hmm. I don't. I gotta be honest. With her. I feel a lot of love for her. So I mean, you. you I, I'm a. I would assume that you would probably assume that I'm. You know, my heart is torn. And uh, you may be with Cassandra, or you were before, but I, uh, Connie's dysfunctional. She actually made me disgusted by her dysfunctionality. I'm not attracted to it right now. I'm the same <laughs> way. I'm the same way. I fell out of love with. Yeah, I'm the same way. Mm, it didn't okay. take me very. It didn't take me very long. That's <laughs> a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I don't have any longing for her, and I'm not delusional until I get money. Nothing is going to happen with either her or any other woman. So I can just hurt myself thinking otherwise, and I'm not that delusional. Did I tell you what happened with me, too, a couple weeks ago? Uh-uh. What? A couple weeks ago, I like, was having problems, like missing Cassandra and stuff. Or this, I, Well, this I think it was longer ago now. It was like okay. almost a month ago. That but, could happen. But yeah, that could be like a... Uh, like one hour with Connie or something like that. I mean, more like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, I prayed at night that uh, God would basically uh, help me meet somebody, forget about her, or stop thinking about her. Yeah. I didn't think that was like a bad thing to do because, like, that one passage in the Bible, you know, where God's chastising David over Beersheba, you know, he's like, if you wanted another wife, you should have mm-hmm. just asked me, you know. Mm-hmm. So I figured that's that's what I should do. So I did. I prayed about that. The next day, I went out to this park by my house just to go walking on this trail. It's like middle of the day, so I I, I didn't expect a lot of people to be out. I'm just walking on this park on on, the, on this trail, and this chick runs past me, and I I didn't think anything of it, you know, because there's always people like running or riding their bikes on the trails. So I'm, I just keep walking forward, just not. I didn't think anything about it. Apparently she turned around. She starts follow. She followed me for like ten minutes. Then she called my name and what? stopped me. Yeah, and stopped oh, me. Oh, your name? Yeah. Oh no, not my name. But she called me. She called oh. me and stopped me. Yeah. And then we talked for like a. We had like a half hour discussion. We went around the whole trail and then went back to our cars. And then this she happened gave the me next her, day. Yeah. And then she gave me her number. I'm not even kidding. And then after, you know, when I was texting her, I've been texting her since, but I haven't really done anything with it or pursued her or anything. But I, uh, after I texted her, you like, what made you go there or whatever? She's like, she said she was originally going to go to this other park that I originally was going to go to too, but then I changed my mind too, like she did, to go to the one we both went to. Mm-hmm. And she said, uh, She's like, I don't know, something just compelled me to go there. And then she's like, when I got out of my car, I felt this huge presence. And then she's like, I just had this compulsion to talk to you. I'm not even kidding. I was like, wow, this is, this was pretty amazing. Like, it was totally God, like, slapping us together, you know, like, in response to something I prayed the night before, like, in direct response. I hope so, because I'm totally open to that, um, because uh, men are going to have a number of wives, and uh, and God does some preliminary things ahead of time. Mm-hmm. He'll bring you, he'll bring them by. You'll know who, at least know them by name, and then he'll kind of withdraw them. 
Mm-hmm. And then he brings it back later and goes, oh, I knew who you were back then, you know. So, mm-hmm. so no wonder we, I'll tell you the number one reason he does that is because um, they'll say later, like, well, you're going to be with her. And, and then you actually know who they are talking about because you go, oh, her, you see. Mm-hmm. Because they, they they put a name on her so they can reference her later and you, you're going to be with her. And you go, I, I am? Because you already know who her is. Otherwise, there's no name. There's no nothing. You don't know what she looks like or anything. Hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, the reason I couldn't be with Connie is because, um, you know, God never provided enough money for uh, either bus, train, or or plane. Is because she's MK Ultra and she's not fit to be um, a wife. No, I just tell you right now in the big picture. Not her programming is. Uh, see, her programming is activated right now. But when I talked to her, they were either fooling me. Or it was not not activated. Became, she became completely asexual for a long period of time, and so. Uh, but see, I don't know what's going on because um, they could activate her program behind my back. I don't know what, anything about what she's doing over there. And, and I was told that her daughter is uh, also under MK Ultra. And Connie was, you know, wants to believe like a parent. Oh, this my daughter's. You know, that's not happening to her. I was told that's not true, and that's why she's. <laughs> Dakota is completely off the charts. She's only she's 14 now. She's uh, all in the Marilyn Manson. Mm-hmm. Not not to mention uh, black veiled brides that she's completely obsessed about. So, yeah, and she's and she's practicing, witch, practicing witchcraft and trying to kill everybody. But I I think that she was under like a spell when she did that. I mean, Connie told me this. She found all the pictures. She drew pictures about everybody being killed in the family. And... Yeah, no, I yeah, I heard about all that too. Really crazy. But anyway, I was, I'm looking at this verse here, and I figure there might be a lot to this verse. It's Zechariah three one. Okay. It says, uh, "Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, or the messenger of Yahweh, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him." You brought that up before. Yeah, that's a problematic verse. And then it says in the next verse, and the Lord yeah, I've had said, problems with it. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a brand plucked from the fire? So that would make it appear that the messenger of Yahweh is not Satan. Yes. That's very problematic. Mm-hmm. Unless but you want to say that to the but, upper Yahweh. Let's forget this two Yahweh. I mean, one or two Yahweh. They are two Yahwehs. But what do you mean when you say two Yahwehs? Mm-hmm. It, it says that there are in Genesis 19. Well, yeah, in other, in other places too. Yeah. So what we're really concerned about is the nature of the lower one. Mm-hmm. I'm, in order to uh, simplify things, I'm going to assume that the... Uh, the upper one is uh, everything is hunky dory with him. <laughs> mm-hmm. I found that you can't assume anything, but uh, but uh, it's the lower one that we're interested in here. <clears throat> yeah, but this one, but the problem is this verse contrasts the lower one with Satan. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen. I noticed that before. It would also show that Satan is a celestial being. He's in heaven. 
Mm-hmm. Whoever the state, whoever the century. Whoever the Satan is, it could even be a she. I don't know. Hmm. Whoever that's the Satan is here. Whoa. You know, I never even thought about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't not, know. Not seriously. And also, like, I have problems with the whole Baal and Ashtaroth in the Old Testament, too. Like, who who's Baal? I do, too. Yeah, it's confusing. <laughs> I've studied, like, the mythology of Baal, and Baal seems to be, like, if, if the if the mythology of Baal, if that's the same Baal as the Baal in the Bible, the Baal in the, this, you know, Babylonian mythology or whatever, that Baal seems like Yahweh. Because, you know, they describe him as he's the rider of the clouds, you know, he destroyed the dragon, just like it, how it describes yeah, Yahweh. Yeah, Michael Heiser even points that out. Yeah, it's confusing. Is it's confusing? So is this a, is this a different Baal, or was it, or are they worshiping Yahweh? I would think that there's two of them. There's uh, a lower Yahweh, and then there's this dark Baal. But um, but that word refers to Yahweh, obviously. I know. Just the Hebrew word for Lord. So it's confusing. Yeah, and you even look up Baali. You look up that and like uh, you look up the meaning of that, and it says it's like a symbolic name for Yahweh, my Lord. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, they had Baal in a lot of the the names for people, you know, named after Yahweh. Do you think there's any uh, passages where you have Baal and Yahweh where it's it's reasonably clear that that, that the Yahweh is is uh, like a lesser Yahweh? Because that shouldn't happen. Uh Hold it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Jeez. So what do you expect? Do you think that Baal might be the lesser Yahweh? No. Baal oh, no. Be... Well, it depends what historical period. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Uh so, so you know, I I even started out if I if 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 Hades is if Hades in Genesis six, I even started out if that was this um being that uh, in the Persephone myth, because it's in the Book of Revelation. Okay, so anyway, if the Hades in in Revelation six has to do with the Persephone myth, unless there's something radically wrong here, then it does have two adversaries in the Book of Revelation. The yeah, Satan, right. unless the Satan is the female, I'm just gonna I'm not gonna buy into that yet, because unless I see some kind of evidence. Um, and the Satan is this dark Yahweh. And, well, the and problem is it reference problem is, a second makes a reference to Hades, which is the other uh, adversary down below. But it does it all in the Book of Revelation. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say two things about that. First of all, in the Baal Baal mythology, Baal opposed uh, a god called Moat. Mm-hmm. Moat was the god of death. He's basically Hades. Okay. So you have that you have that figuring even in the the Baal mythology, but I was going to say too. Uh, the problem is is it connects that adversary in Revelation six. It says that's the great dragon, the, the ancient serpent. So it connects that with the serpent in the garden. So if it's when it's describing the adversary in Revelation, doesn't it connect it with the serpent in the garden? It says that yeah. that, that dragon, that ancient yeah, serpent. Yeah, that's why right? you say that Michael Heiser was wrong. 
Because he couldn't make that see, correlation. See, that's another thing, though, because if the serpent in the garden is a female, then what would that, Aha. Oh what that my mean God. about the... Oh, oh my God! Oh, my, you know this is this is incredible. Wow! We need yeah, to figure I mean, out if that serpent is her, because that would solve the problem. Now uh, hold it now. That would uh, you're gonna have problems with that because it's saying that uh, that that would mean that she was cast out of uh, heaven in the first century. So I don't believe that because she's queen of heaven. Yeah, see, she, the opposite happened with her. She ascended to heaven. According to what we were told by these angels, these tricky angels, that she uh, ruled with Christ, you know, basically for a thousand years. She was the bride, you know, restored. Yeah. He came and rescued her from the underworld. And she became his queen. So, I mean, I mean she's she's a queen there. You see that in Revelation 12? No, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. Does I mean, is there any way that, that, that both of those events happen, maybe? I don't know. Well, stop and think about that. It's just hit me this right now. You know, what scholars do, they say this is Israel. Or the remnant. <laughs> but, you know, if you push that, you go, oh, come on, yeah. You know, I mean, that, that's a, that's an amillennial type view. The, the amillennial view, which I used to hold to, there's different types of it, is that, get ready for this, that the, the saints are ruling... Right now, with Christ, we're ruling right now. Now, I used to believe in that kind of stuff, and they say, "No, how can that be true?" Well, we're ruling, you know, over. We hold sway over, you know, the darkness, the kingdom of darkness, and over our, our old man, and blah blah blah. Uh, uh-uh. uh, that's not going to fly. Okay, so I don't, I don't buy into this stuff that um, this, you know, remnant is ruling or Israel is ruling, especially in a first century context. All. Although it could point to the yeah it could yeah okay it could point to the future after the, after the first century uh, resurrection it could do that yeah okay but um it's ta- it, 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 it's a, I keep saying it's double metaphor so it's talking about a single woman ruling so who is the single woman that's ruling and I'm saying it's Azra in heaven that's yeah that's what you're told mm-hmm. so. well I had another thought too earlier today I was thinking uh you know Yahweh in the Old Testament he's often called Yahweh Sabaoth, which is the Lord of Hosts, or Yahweh of Hosts, hmm. you know. So it's like he has he has hosts, you know. He has his angels, and it's funny how in the Revelation it says, "And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him." Hmm. So, you know, like he has his hosts. In heaven. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, there could be a connection there, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, let me uh, say something, too, about this passage. I think it's Luke ten eighteen, where Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Mm-hmm. He gives absolutely no context to that statement. People right. try to put it into the future. You know, these futurists, you know they do that. Mm-hmm. Well, even from a first-century standard, it doesn't it doesn't fit, because the Bible d- describes him falling from heaven or being cast out of heaven later in <laughs> Revelation. Jesus is yeah. on earth. So yeah, Jesus, right. if you just take it at face value, he's talking about a past event. That that's what he says. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I 
hit these angels up with questions, and they admitted that um, it's not so much that he fell. They said that the father, it's kind of like the full cup principle, the father kind of abandoned him before, you know, between the book of Malachi and um, and John the Baptist. Something happened then. That could be, uh, that could be re- referencing. And, and that could actually be why this Yahweh religion Went to a nosedive, and it's like the, you know they, they call it talk about the silent period. You know that's probably Illuminati type terminology, like the Great Commission. You know, the, whether they say it, they, they inter they call it the intertestamental period, or they say um, the, the years of silence or something like that. They may be communicating something there covertly that they know. But uh, that's seeing this religion that showed up is supposed to be the religion of L that we call the New Testament. And uh, the, the Yahweh, something has happened with Yahweh, and it doesn't, the Bible doesn't, now it's calling him the devil and the adversary, see. Because the Father has given him up, and uh, it, it never explicitly explains this. But it happened earlier, and possibly the remnant knew about it, and the, the first place to go would probably be the Dead Sea Scrolls. They'd probably be talking about it in there, you know. But that's what we were told. Because I figured this had to happen, and so what what I'm saying here is that I think that that's what he's referring to, and, and he's just saying that Jesus was aware of this. You know, he saw him fall, and so he may have actually lost residence um, before Revelation 12. That's when he lost residence, but not access. He could still go up there, but he couldn't dwell up there. You see, mm-hmm. and so he went up there again. And they they cast him out of there in Revelation 12. That's a possibility. Because how do you explain how he's falling earlier? You know what I mean? And also you have this fall in Revelation 9 1, because that's that's Satan, you know, the star that falls. That's him. So it's it's mentioning that again. But that would be first century there. Well, I was going to say, too, I mean, if it's a past event, it could just refer to uh, the, the female serpent that was cast out of the garden. You put it way back then, huh? I mean, it's possible if it's a past event. I think I think people. He's making some statements that he used to be around for a long time. Jesus, people are not comprehending them. So that that would be another example of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we need. I think we need to get to now. Like, how do you think that? Well, let's ask this question. Um, How do you think that uh, Israel is like... Huh? want to ask a question? Yeah, I was going to ask you, how do you think Israel is like introduced to Yahweh? Well, why don't you hold that? We'll ask a question here. This is a a dumb, dumb question. Okay, now, all this stuff is so complicated. This is not not really a dumb question. Because if you uh, try to use uh, Genesis 19 as a proof text, for two Yahwehs, you can't do that. And the reason is, is because in non-canonical literature, and possibly, I actually believe in the Bible as well, you have um, you have two things going on. You have a blending of beings. Yes. I said it on the podcast, that's, go, that's going on in Revelation 1, it's going on in Revelation 22. But more importantly, you have a temporal manifestations of beings, like Metatron. Now here's yep. the of Christ. You need to hear this because this is not going to change. He was a man on earth. It's just a man. But he was God before he came to earth. 
and he was God after. Now, you don't hear anybody talk about that. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, it's, I'm discuss mental positions, you know, and, because it's they're withholding truth from us. So when he goes to heaven like uh, Enoch or Elijah, he beca- he gets exalted. He becomes this being like Metatron, a Metatron-like being. Uh, and then he uh, changes again and comes down here and becomes a man. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's kind of like a shapeshifter or something, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's my view. And so anyway, in saying that, how do we know that, that uh, the lower Yahweh is not a temporal manifestation? See, this is actually a complex question. So you'd have to ask two questions. It actually makes sense if it was, because there's a lot of parts where it equates the two as one being, like that Exodus I was just mm-hmm. talking about. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to phrase the question: uh, Is it true in some sense that at least sometimes there are two Yahwehs? Well, I got a yes. Yeah, I got a yes before. I got another yes there, and I got a yes before I even asked the question before. Okay. Um, now, it's possible that there's three of them, and let me explain why. It's because uh, there could be a, a permanent lesser Yahweh, and then it could be a temporal manifestation. <laughs> See how uh, complex this is? Yeah. There could actually be four, because uh, Azar has convinced me, and I already believe this, she's able to uh, appear as an earthly woman, and uh, so the lower Yahweh could create a manifestation. Look at look, look. Man. Demon, I actually say in the show that demons can do this. With uh, A ghost is either a demon impersonating a dead human or a, a projection of themselves. Now, i got to be consistent. If a demon can do that, you know, create an ethereal-looking being, and you know, it's just temporal manifestation. But, it, you know, does it have consciousness? No. So you got to be careful. So you have to ask the question. See, see I remember... I say about uh, formulating these questions, you know, is it a contemporaneous being with an individual consciousness, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, when I used to ask these uh, angels questions, they say, you need to rephrase the question. You're asking out of ignorance. You don't realize that that question is so simple, you're not going to get an accurate answer even if we give you one. See, But you, but you don't know that because you don't know what question to ask. So I learned this over and over again. But people don't realize this. So... There would have to be a series of questions. Let's take an example. Let's assume that there's this lower, darker Yahweh. Is he able to create a temporal manifestation of himself of, of himself with an individual consciousness? You have to eliminate, eliminate those possibilities. You see, this is this is not easy. Oh, I know. You know? I know how complicated. There could be four Yahwehs. <laughs> I know. And that's why uh, it's best to have. Uh, a third party here, like reliable, like James, but he's he's going to be hard to, to hook up with because you got job time conf- conflicts too, and it probably wouldn't even happen. It's too bad that somebody. I was going to say too. Uh, this Exodus six three verse creates a lot of problems. Yeah. The one where Yahweh is equating himself with the old L. You know that verse? No, I'm gonna look at it. Let me let me get it here. 
brought this up before. Yeah, I mean, it's, this is a major one. Yeah. So it says, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as El Shaddai, God Almighty, but by my name... Do you really think the Father appeared to Abraham? Huh? you really think the Father appeared to Abraham? I don't know. I don't think so. You know, there's a difference between a heavenly theophany and an earthly theophany. Yeah, but it's around, what it's saying, though, is it's equating Yahweh with L, though. That's the issue that I'm getting at. Whoever L is, I guess. Okay, so it's, uh, I'm looking at the ESV. Oh, that's not the ESV. It's this Jubilee Bible. Okay, yeah, it says the same thing, God Almighty. So you're saying that uh, God Almighty, that's uh, the translation of L? L, L should I, yeah. Yeah, it's too bad that they don't just put L in there so we know what, you know. I hate that. So, uh, from my understanding, yeah, okay, so uh, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac. From my understanding, El Shaddai is just like El Elyon. It's 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 El. It's 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 the name El, and then it has a descriptor of El, and that's how they that's how they viewed it in the Old Testament, you know. Okay, okay, you have to rethink everything. Uh, he could have appeared to Abraham as a lesser, lower form, either a temporal form or uh, this darker Yahweh, and, and and that is how he appears. I mean, we used to theorize that he could do it through Michael, and that was God, you know, the Father appearing but through Michael. Now, I'm not sure if that's true anymore, because we weren't talking about this lesser Yahweh back then. Okay, so it says, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as, as El... But my name, Yahweh, I did not make known to them. So this is a proof text that um, the Father is Yahweh. Right? Well, I mean, it's a huge problem if he's not Yahweh. Yeah. So, well, I'm looking at it as a positive thing. This is, so I, I want these kind of things. So this is a proof text that... Uh, that's probably the... Name is most, Yahweh. That's the most major proof text right there. That's the biggest... Okay, but, almost. you know, see, here's how complicated it is. So, uh, so the figure on the throne... His name is uh, could be Yahweh, mm-hmm. but not not the uh, the being behind him, the upper father. Right. So I, I have, you know, this, this, on this the, is on the throne could be hell. Just yeah. real simple, Chris. Um, this is what we got. You got the you got the uncreated realm. Everything is consistent right down the line. That's what what's neat about this. You can see the consistency with like the, the different types of bodies for three different realms. Uncreated realm, heaven. See, heaven is actually in the middle in the big picture. You see that? You got to yeah. go. If you go with that model. You got to be consistent. Well, I you believe it. I, it's, it's like the Valentinian cosmology. That's what I believe. The, the plural, and then yeah. yeah. Well, now, they believe, believe that in Gnosticism. Yeah. At least some forms of it, maybe all of them. But anyway, so you have this upper father, and then a lower manifestation of him, and mm-hmm. then on Earth you have the Son. Right. And he's defective. Yeah. Not perfect. No, there's nothing down here that's perfect. So, I mean, what's he's not problem? actually what? created an imperfect creation. That's what what's I believe. What's the problem with the lower manifestation of the Father being Yahweh, then? Uh, say it again. Would there be a problem with the lower manifestation of the Father being Yahweh? Why would that be a problem? Uh, I was thinking about that this morning, laying in bed. 
And uh, see what was there was some kind of a problem with that. Um, I can't even remember what I came up with. There's there's some kind of an irreconcilable problem. I don't see how that'd be a problem because that explain that would explain this Exodus six three because that that'd be the same figure as L who's also seated on a. He's in other verses. He's seated. He's a figure seated. I explain like the Deuteronomy verse where it's like you know Yahweh is going to take Israel as his inheritance. That could be referring to this lower Yahweh, who's, and then that you have the higher L seated, and that's the higher Yahweh, who's a lower manifestation of the the Father. Uh, let's let's ask another question, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it true that the if indeed there are more, there are temporal manifestations of Yahweh, and/or this lower Yahweh. Is it true that the primary lower Yahweh is uh, is, is is darker and imperfect? I actually got a no for that, but. You know something? Um, I got warfare on that one. I initially got a no, and then I got a yes, and I got confusion. Somebody's trying to stop. They're kind of trying to cover something up. Yeah, I got. I mean, I I got kind of like uncertain uncertainty, like not really any answer, and it was, but it was more leaning towards yeah. a no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Well, normally well, I should get an answer before I even ask the question. It didn't happen. It actually happened abruptly. That makes me yeah. think that the no was false because it, it wasn't given at the at the right time. It should normally they give it to me before I even ask the question. I'm just like formulating the question. I just bam, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, it was given too early. There should be a little space, and then later I got the yes. So that mm-hmm. makes me suspicious. We were both lied to. Mm-hmm. The delivery was not good. Mm-hmm. And it might have been that was all done deliberately to actually show us that it was false. Now mm-hmm. somebody just said it's true. Uh, they also said you don't have a good connection. I I I totally believe. It. See, you know something? Let's just face it. Do you really think it's a coincidence that I, you know, this dark voice is talking to me before we're having this conversation? See, I don't have a good connection right now, so they didn't want that. And this is why I told you all about this. You see. So it's better – the reason that you keep all that stuff secret is because it, it, it creates uncertainty, okay? But I needed to tell you. It's better for you to know because I don't want you to trust these answers. But I think the first answer we got was true. Mm-hmm. This one, I would actually lean more yes. In other words, the yes confirms that the lower Yahweh, there is a lower Yahweh who's you know, darker – what did I say, imperfect? Yeah. But who is that being? So I'm going to go with it, but that's actually a yes. It just said, it just said yes. So I've got three yeses now versus a, uh, erratic one, a misplaced one. That actually did come the pro- It's a problem, though, because that being is, con- again, it's contrasted with Satan in that Zechariah verse. It's still an issue. Yeah, well, you'll see, I think you'll see contradictions just about everywhere. And so uh, some of these are are reconcilable. 
Okay, now, let's, let's, see, what I can do, I can posit a theory to neutralize them, so I'm going to do that right now. Um, we're speaking from ignorance, so what if there is a temporal manifestation uh, that appears there as a representation, and that's all you're dealing with there, it's just a temporal manifestation. That would solve the problem, you see that? Temporal manifestation of who? Uh, a, a bright Yahweh. Now, the, okay, now the problem with that oh, I see. is that it would be more likely that that is not true because it's, it's, it's identifying this being. But maybe we have misunderstood the messenger of Yahweh, and it is a temporal being. Yeah, I don't know. See, there's so many unknowns. I know. See, this is why we need to go through. It's too bad that Hector checked out. I wouldn't it have seems like... anyway. Seems like the Bible. You know, he's a prophet. He used to get good answers. I was going to say but, that's why it seems like the Bible teaches that there's a celestial Satan who is not Yahweh. Like maybe there's this other option that we're not considering. Yeah. Who this celestial Satan is, I don't know. Doesn't really say. Because even in Job, I mean, Yahweh is ordering the Satan around. He's not. It doesn't call him the messenger of Yahweh either. It calls him Satan. Before I forget, um, and I've been planning on doing this for a long time, but do uh, you think you could get together with David Cullohan? It would be dip- difficult to get both of you together. And I will have more of a color commentary role. Now, we could also get a third guy in there called this Eric Yohamin. We're actually going to try to get him on the show. He's all into this flatter stuff. He would have more of a secondary role, but we could create a fantastic, without even half trying, a cosmology show, but just because we have the unusual ideas and concepts that other people don't have. Mm-hmm. And we could either get you two guys or, the, or Eric on there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he could do that. And then we're just focused on cosmology instead of really dribbling this stuff out in the midst of all this stuff we talk about, because it, it's not easily accessible to people. Focus on the I don't know. This, this is like what... These are the questions that are like in my head right now. Oh, I know, but I'm just talking about so, doing it sometime. I'm not yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about this for six months. I think about things uh, for a year and I don't do that. I'm always thinking. No. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be good. You know, yeah. You don't have to right God, doesn't, God doesn't answer these questions for me, like at all. He just gives me more... Did you get two more... answers? Did you get two yeah. answers when you asked the one about the the lower Yahweh being dark? Or just one? You just heard a no? Or I, got, I got like a, almost like noise. Like just like not really any definite answers. It's just like uh, uncertainty. And then I got a no. Uh-huh. It, was, it was like delayed too. It's like the first question you asked, I got like an immediate yes. And then it was, But this one, it was like I got noise yeah. and, then, and then it was no. Yeah. Another reason why I get lazy with this kind of stuff is because I have a wait, a wait and see attitude. Not a wait and see, but just wait and and, and wait and happen attitude. I, I believe that all I have to do is just wait around, and uh, this this stuff will just happen. I'll just know. I'll be told because I've been told that. You see. Yeah, but this like affects. I mean, these are like fundamental things that affect. I know. The Bible for me. Because this I affects know. 
this affects the whole Garden of Eden for me, because if, if this is a dark Yahweh here in the Garden, then we don't even know what happened in the, the Garden or who the enemy in the Garden was. Because maybe the Gnostics were correct, and uh, Yahweh here in the Garden was actually the evil one. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know how to. I don't even know what happened in the garden now. Well, I, I hold to the view that you have a devolving Yahweh at this point. He's just getting uh-huh. worse and worse and worse, and that's consistent with what the angel says. That the father, he kind of breached the end of his rope or something like that with him, and he basically cast him away. Before that, he was governing Yahweh, uh, Israel, which explains why they were so dark. Just think about how dark they are. And that's a reflection. What right about all, the, all those verses where Yahweh is like, you know, if you follow my law perfectly and then I'll multiply well, again, you. Again, I'll give you that bl- comes down to whether there's an upper Yahweh. Because he could just be the mouthpiece. You see, So this mouthpiece theory is very important. So you can't base it on anything that's being I'm said. Saying, I'm Unless saying, there's a clear about- contradiction like he wants to murder Moses. Now something's haywire with that. And some yeah. of the crazy stuff that Yahweh appears to do. And this possibly could even have to do with the flood. Now, I'm just throwing it out there, because it seems like overkill. <laughs> pun, uh, no pun intended. I didn't intend to say that. But I, this definitely is overkill. You have to kill everybody? Well, depending on what your view of the flood is and its extent. Uh, that's true. Um, I'm not... I mean, I, I definitely don't believe it was a universal flood. Yeah, I don't either, but... Uh, I played around with, so I hold to a near universal flood, but I'm not as confident as I used to be in that. And and and, and you got different cosmologies, so you, you you got the cosmic sea, so it's talking about Middle Earth. See, before I had the cosmic sea, I used to believe that the everything was flooded and and it reached Eden, and uh, and Noah passed over on the on on the boat. You know what I mean? But the angels told us no. He came over before that. Because, see, they were on Eden at one time. Yeah, my view, is, my view is totally different than that. Okay, just Definitely. a second. They were on Eden at one time, and that's what that's that's actually in that text that you're reading there, that Jewish text. I forget which one was they referenced in what you're reading. The sons of Seth and the sons of Cain were in proximity to each other at one time, see. And yeah. Eventually they left. You know, whether all of them left or some of them left. I mean, that's how Noah got over to Mesopotamia. So go ahead. Well, I was going to say, my view is, I, oh, I have a different view of Middle Earth, too. Because you know, you know my view of where I think Eden is, right? Yeah, in the north. Yeah, in the northern center of this, you know, plain Earth. Not really flat, but plain. Yeah, well, we should talk about that in the cosmos. See, there's a whole landmass. I, I believe there's a whole bunch of landmasses there, that not just the Edenic one. And I believe that that's where they were before the flood, and that's what got flooded. And then, yeah, the flood brought Noah to the continents, you know, we're on today, you know, Mesopotamia. So that's what I believe. Yeah. Because I believe there were already these pre-Adamites, you know, they were already in the other continents and whatever. I don't I mean, I don't think... I hold to the view... I don't think God killed everybody. Huh? I hold to the view there's two cosmic mountains in the far east and west, and then there's a mound on Middle Earth in the middle. And I think that's probably Mount Meru. I used to think that Mount Meru was the the sacred west, but I actually think it's that mound. Mm-hmm. So you obviously don't believe in a polar opening. 
Yeah, there could be a polar opening. I just don't know where where it is. Maybe it's off center. You know, I never even thought about that. Uh, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I never I mean, even thought about that until just now. Yeah. But now, all of a sudden, I still got the possibility of a polar opening. Because I go, no, you can't have one because uh, you got to pick between the two. Man, no, I, I need to talk to this Mark Sargent guy. I don't think there's any dichotomy there. I want to hear how he, how he... I mean, I don't even... I don't pay attention much to his material. Maybe he's dealt with this issue because he's a hollow earther. You know, I thought that he wasn't a hollow earther. I actually misspoke that he, he is. No, I know he is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't hear these guys even talk about a hollow earth. They, it's like they only talk about part of the puzzle, you know. Mm-hmm. These fakeologists, they're, they're disgusting, man. You know, yes. talk about yeah. an ongoing intelligence test. Can you please ponder something besides the flat earth, ball earth dialectic? <laughs> Avarado, he's just obsessed with posting any, any, anytime anybody says anything about a flat earth, he just posts it up and he just uh, promotes the problem. Give us something else to think about. So, I mean, actually, that podcast with you and me, which is I thought it, I thought it was in 2013, but it's pretty dated. You know, it's February 2014. Forbidden Cornucopia. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you probably get frustrated sitting there listening to me because uh, I'm doing all the talking. But anyway, um, I mean, the things that we're talking about, they haven't even caught up with that. They're not even thinking about talking about these things seriously at all. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah, I know. Before they're they're deconstructing a heliocentric cosmology, but they're not considering the ancient one. Uh-huh. And uh, basically, I, I think uh, Errol C. told me why, because they're too skeptical of the of the of the of the past. You see that? And that actually makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything in the past they're too skeptical about, but they don't talk about the past too much. No, mm-hmm. so they're not too good on that subject. I think they have a, a Marcus Allen mentality. Yep. He yep. actually came out. I didn't know this. He covered it up. But he actually came out and says, I, I don't hardly know anything about history. He's just arrogant. I know. No, I don't have to because it's all fake. So who cares? I heard say that. But you can yeah. expose that he's a fool or acting like one because he, he makes the absurd statement that all books are propaganda. You sunk yourself when you did that. Yep. You know, only God could make that. St- well, that's not true. The Illuminati would know, and so would other beings, but not, not a human outside Illuminati. You'd have to have absolute knowledge of all books. And not only that, look at the books. They're simple little books about gardening, Chris. Is that propaganda too, Marcus? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Think about all the categories of books. You know, how to make essential oils, you know. I mean, out of plant material, and you're going to say that's propaganda too, Marcus? He's an idiot. But uh, he he doesn't know anything about religion, and uh, but he 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 uh, he circumvents that by saying that it's, uh, it's 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 all you know false. So I don't have to. And then he says the same thing about history. And he says the same thing about books. All of a sudden, you know, Marcus Allen's a pretty smart guy here. If, if that's true, but it's but it's not true. So he's got glaring right, weaknesses. Let's let's talk about like the garden a little bit. Okay. Um, 
Because I want to I wanna ask you, where do you think Kane came from? So I'm, well, really, I'm, I'm, I'm really having problems with this now. Like, where, how did, where did Cain come from? I mean, if the servant's a female, how did that all work? Yeah, okay, well, this is what I can say definitively, hopefully. He came from both Adam and or Eve. Hopefully it's and or, or, or it's both. And he came from Lilith and Cain. Or, excuse me, uh, Lilith and, uh, I'll, just, I'll just say Satan. The question is how. I know. That's my that's my question. Is how? Well, that's a big Cause mystery. Because it's funny because you see all these ex- traditions outside the Bible that I mean they all pretty much all of them say that Cain came from somebody else. Okay, know? I think he came physically from Adam and Eve, but he had some kind of unique, like genetic imprint, like on his soul or body, that made him completely different. Okay, well, I, I was important. Finish what I'm and saying. that came yeah, from I'll, Satan. You see that? Finish what I'm saying. Yeah, all these traditions say, outside the Bible, say that he came from somebody else. But the Bible, if you just read the Bible, it clearly says, now Adam knew Eve's wife, and she yeah. conceived and bore Cain. So how, you you have this huge mystery here. Of what, the Bible seems to clearly teach that they were his earthly parents. That's right. That's why, teaches, that's why I maintain that. Teaches, it also teaches elsewhere, like in the New Testament, Jesus seems to clearly state that spiritually his his parents were different. Okay, now John identifies yeah, John said, Cain John with Satan. You was know that? He identifies Cain with Satan, that like he's came from Satan. Yeah, he said he was of the wicked one, yeah. Yes, and, and they exactly. actually say that that has to do with like being born or something like that. So, yeah. so I believe the Bible says both, and you have to figure it out. And actually... See, what you're looking for is the details, and you're not going to find them. I know. And so that simple statement that I said, that that's as far as you're going to get. Now, you know, the how, the details, it's not going to happen. You could create complex questions to ask the angels or whoever. I'm not getting answers from angels, by the way. I'm getting answers from... How How do you think? I said there's some kind of an imprint... Which was, you know, defective. Maybe, maybe uh, Adam and Eve were like possessed, possibly, and then they they made them copulate with each other, and then that's how Cain was born. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. but that's one of those things you could think about all kinds of possibilities like that. Because I mean, the problem is like the Gnostic texts didn't don't they say that like Yahweh was involved with raping Eve? Because they identified Yahweh with Samael. And then you have other texts that say Samael was involved, but he was the serpent. And then other, and then you have other these other... Uh, somebody made me showing me something right now. It says... These other people that say Lilith was involved. So I don't know. It seems like all of them were involved, but I don't know how it all happened. Okay, now it says that Seth was in the image of Adam. Yeah. And somebody just... Showed me, I think they poured it in my mind. Uh, Cain was not. He was born physically from Adam and Eve, but he was in the image of his father. See that? But that no, helps. I know. No, I know. Yeah. So that's going to tell you that there's an inner reality. The out, the, you know, the outer physical flesh is from Adam, but the, the inner reality is from uh, the dark side. And as far as the details, you're just not going to get them. I agree with that. What you said. Is that a virgin birth? 
No, I don't think he was a virgin birth, but... Somebody just said no. But he might have been a virgin birth. Let's ask to see if it was a virgin birth. He might have been in the sense that what you're saying, like, spiritually, he had different parents. Okay, I think what may have happened is that somebody was showing me what what we uh, are just talking about, and and Dave said that's a virgin birth, but it's not. Okay? Mm-hmm. Because what they were showing me is that his father, he, his father was uh, Satan in some sense. So I'm going, so I, I developed this virgin birth theory, but it's technically it's not a virgin birth. So let's ask the question right now. I just got told for the third time. Is it true that uh, Cain had a virgin birth? I got to know. I got to know four times. But the reason that I played around with that is because, I'm not going to throw that out necessarily, I'll have to ask later, but I, I think it probably just went down the tubes, is because the typology is there with Christ. Well, I see that, but did Christ have a virgin birth? Because I've looked into that, too, and we, uh, we were talking about that there earlier. You there you go. There's problems with that. I know. I studied that earlier, and there I basically concluded that that was all BS. <laughs> Well, what they did, I'll tell you in a nutshell. See, everything has changed now. I don't know if you realize this. You will. All this Davidic front stuff, we're not even going to be talking about that anymore. Now it all has to do with the true nature of the Son of God. And that's why it's critical to prove that he was Adam, and Adam comes back to repair his own fault. Yeah. And, And the only reason that Jesus was the way he was, he had to be the perfect spotless lamb. But see, we were told, I, I didn't finish this, but we were told that he was Samson. You can run a check on that. And, but I, hey, I got that you, earlier, too. Yeah. I didn't tell you that, uh, that's why you had those unusual things happen with his birth. But I didn't tell you that um, that, that uh, Cyrus converted. They even have that in the Talmud. They have Jewish traditions that he converted. I actually believe he did. But see, there's only one anointed one uh, in Scripture. And so, you know, if you look at uh, Habakkuk, I think it's chapter three. It could be chapter. I think it's chapter two. You got an Exodus event there, and it's talking about God came out to deliver His anointed one. Yeah, that's Moses. Yeah, you see, and and so you can see there in Isaiah, it's referring to Cyrus as you know my anointed one and blah blah blah. Well, yeah, and so anyway, I mean he he converted. If they say, well, he was Zoroastrian, or he may have, but he supposedly he converted. And that's why he's doing these unusual things, you know, making these decrees to restore Israel, you know, because God worked through him and and made Also, in the the New Testament in Jude, you have the verse in the older manuscripts that says uh, Jesus uh, led the Hebrews out of of Egypt. Oh, you're talking about in Jude? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hey, Eric used to make a big thing out of that. I got to. I'm glad this is being recorded. Okay, I want to tell you something. You know, you, you actually don't know if that's either referring to Moses or Yahweh. Cause well, what the Christians will say, they'll say that's the pre-incarnate Christ, and that was the messenger of Yahweh. That's what they'll say. The Lord. Well, I'm saying there's actually the, there's no way to know though. If, yeah, if it's not. It's not going to really prove anything, but. But, but let me oh. throw this one at you. Okay, so you had this really long, important period. You know, the Persian period. And we've been told absolutely that uh, that Eve, you know, the daughter of God, she was Esther. 
and this is why she's a queen and stuff like that. Okay, but so so the reason I say it is because you have this important elongated Persian period uh, after Babylon, and so you have both the son of God and the daughter of God there. He's Cyrus, and she's Esther. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it if you you know you're not going to prove anything there, but it, it, it fits if that if that's true, you know. Yet both of them would incarnate at that time because it was an important time. And so she had a very important role of delivering uh, Israel because they would have been destroyed. She was almost like a female savior. She's definitely a heroine, you know, Esther, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and they hold a Esther very high esteem. <laughs> In, in Judaism, because uh, they credit her with saving their people, well, we we kind of just overlook all that because we say, well, we're not Jews, so whatever the heck, you know. Mm-hmm. She saved our people, you know. So, what do you think uh, the the sin in the garden was then? Well, I mean, eating the fruit. Do you think that had to do with the, like, what what kind of knowledge was it that was bad? Uh, well, they say it's the sexual stuff. I don't, uh, you got some, con- is that what you're thinking? I I, I think there's definitely. Well, we'll, we'll go with the sexual, here's the thing, okay? Um, uh, there's esoteric traditions like in Judaism that there was some hanky-panky going on. The angels told us that that happened beforehand, and so there's there's kind of it's like these you know these these beings out there whether they're gray or dark they want to talk about this okay, and so it's kind of leaked out there was sexual stuff and so what people try to do is they try, they try to jam it into the story of Genesis but you actually can't do that because and, and correlate with the apple that's my theory now there could be something going on that I don't know, but I don't think I'm not convinced of that that specifically had anything to do with any sexual anything. I think the sexual stuff happened earlier. I'm just going with what we were told. You think that made them uh, susceptible to... Yeah, we had them. Basically what happened is that um, the upper Lilith had sex with Adam on a number of occasions, and uh, and Eve had sex with... uh, Whoever Satan was. On a number of occasions. They were both doing it. Azazel or whoever Satan was in the garden? Uh, Persephone consort. Perse- then that is a way. Persephone's consort. Now, no, now we know who you're talking about. I mean, do you really believe that's going to be this dark Yahweh? No. He, see, he's from above, and the other one's from below. That's why I still go with that. He's the prince of the air. His residence was in heaven, and the other one never was in heaven. He may have like been up in the divine council. Now, I still hold to the view, which I could be totally wrong, that this um, adversary in Job 1 and 2 would be the one from below, but I may have a simplistic view that, you know, you have the the new adversary in the New Testament, the old adversary in the Old Testament. It may not be that simple. There may be two adversaries in the Old Testament as well. You know what I mean? You know, right. words, it's already there. It's already developing. Right. So, this is was why the hell you, you, so you, you think she had sex with uh, Azazel then? 
Steve? Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, I, don't, so I don't. Nobody said that uh, that that's what caused Cain to be the way he was. But, but Eden I, was. Eden they just was didn't a, tell us. Eden's in heaven, though. So are you saying Azazel is in heaven? Well, just a second. I mean, it, the, the Bible says that Adam knew Eve and they gave birth to Cain. Didn't it say that? Yeah. So I'm going to go with that. It, it didn't happen to do with. Uh, you know, I think I think it was a punishment for the fact that they were having sex with each other. So now you're gonna you're gonna give birth to this devil child because of what you did. Yeah, and he's gonna inherit the spiritual nature of who you were having sex with. What probably happened? Do you mean you think that the father said nothing while they were doing this? They probably said uh, stop doing this, and they kept doing it. So then her womb was cursed. Agreed. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure he would have said something. I just look the other way, you know. Um, so you think that Azazel was up in heaven in the garden with him? Uh, Persephone's consort? <laughs> well, you're, you're, I, you you're know, I think it's called uh, Hades. Um, that. The Azazel term is not as clear as it used to be. You know, if I stopped using it in the show, but I, I used it in that... Forbidden cornucopia when I was so I, it was not that long ago that I stopped using it. But the reason that I you think, you think Hades was in heaven in the garden with them. Just real quick, I stopped using it as soon as I concluded there's two adversaries. I stopped like bam, like right away. So I tell you what, when I talk to you, it, everybody should have a name. So I'm not even 100 percent about confident about this because I'm not sure who I'm not certain as I should be about who that Hades is. But I'm going to assume that the Hades we're going to go along with the Persephone myth. So I'm going to call her consort Hades, uh, even though the Bible doesn't necessarily clarify that. Uh, I think somebody's showing me something right now. But that's what the Persephone myth says. Uh, I think somebody showed me right now. When the Bible says, they already had that myth, and when the Bible says Hades, they're actually referencing the myth. You see that? Mm-hmm. Let's take an example, because it does this. It, it obviously does this in Revelation nine with Apollo, but somewhat importantly, like I pointed out in the past, John is actually utilizing uh, this common awareness that they had about the goddess Diana. Okay, now she was unusual because she was a virgin. It, oh my God, this is just hitting me right now because it has to do with the Virgin Mary. Wow. She was the only real chaste goddess they had, and so he utilized that to communicate, uh, you know, the women restored. Because I used to think it had to do with the daughter of God, but I don't believe that anymore. So it has to do with uh, Azra being restored and becoming, you know, virginal, pure. And uh, so, I mean, I'm talking about this earlier goddess Diana imagery where she had the serpent under her feet. And, uh, and that kind of stuff. And, and by the way, when they were doing that, they were prophesying, just like they were doing the same thing with Semiramis, you see, because they knew what was coming. The secret was out. They knew that this woman was going to have this destiny, and they communicated it in symbols. So that's what they were doing with um, Diana. But see, he utilized that because um, she was chaste, and it was something that you could you know put in the Bible, that, and people could relate to it, you know, because it's goddess Diana imagery, as far as we know, unless it was all manufactured or something like that. Okay, I'm just going with what we know. Mm-hmm. And so you've got like the reason I point that out is because they're referencing traditions about Diana, just like references uh, referencing traditions about Apollo. Like, oh, you know Apollo, this is Apollo. You know Diana, this is Diana. And they're doing the same thing with Hades. 
So I'm going to say that that Hades in Revelation 6, that is Persephone's concert. See that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to stick with that. I'm not going to change it on that. Okay. That means that there's two Satans, if, if we have if this two Satan theory is true, in the book of Revelation. And, now, we were also told that death followed behind him. Actually, it never even calls Hades a Satan. Okay. So We were told that death, now this could be false, but death in Revelation 6, that is not a good translation. That's actually Azura. And, and now, why would she be called death? Because she's the one that brought death initially. See that? Mm-hmm. came from her. You see, why wouldn't it be from uh, Hades? Because that's the way that he was created. He, he was already like that. She changed. And it's credited with her. Because she's the source of the problem. Not Hades, because um, he was already that way. She did something wrong. See, he he can't be something other than what he already is, right? Yes. She became something other than what she originally was. And they toned this down, and they said, because I used to believe this, that she was abducted. And you know, the rape of Persephone, that, that's that's not true. I mean, she was raped, but... um. You know, she was seduced. Well, she, and she was seduced. But the main thing is, is that she went willingly, and Azra actually told us that. Yeah. And uh, and she actually said that, um, well, here's, here's the story. You want to hear the story? And she used to go to the Vine Council, and she said this a number of times, and they used to ignore her because she was a little one. And uh, And so she said she quit going because no one listened to her. And so she had this mindset that no one listens to me, I'm the little one, inferiority complex. Yeah. And she said that he came to her and basically seduced her with power. It wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. sexual. And said, I will make you into this or that. And she was like, whoa. And then she, she basically went with it. Uh-huh. And he made her the queen of the underworld. And along the way, he raped her and abused her and corrupted her and everything else. But it was really a power trip. And so you see the same thing there with Eve. See, power is what's important, not sex. Power. He yeah. offered her you know, illumination, knowledge, secret knowledge, you know. Mm-hmm. That's about sex. And people want to put a sexual tinge on everything because they know that something sexual is going on. I think, um, you know, I talk about how the subconscious mind bleeds down the surface mind. And there is some kind of thing. I even said on a recent show, I deliberately said, uh, I threw out the term, um, everything comes from within, or whatever the new edges say. Uh, but there's some truth to that. You know, it's, it's in there within you, if you could just access it. But I do think things are dribbled out, but you can't really process them. So, so your inner self is telling you, have to do with sex, have to do with sex, have to do with sex. But you see, you don't have the proper context. They're not giving you details. And so what people will naturally do is say that, you know, this is all metaphor. And, you know, they, when she ate of the apple, she was partaking in sexual. You see, I'm saying no. I'm not buying that yet. So, I mean, you, you're looking at a lot of these kind of texts and people who are saying this. You know, I, mean, I, I think it's going to have an influence on you. But I'm saying I don't, I don't buy into that. Well, I don't really either, because the Bible blatantly says otherwise. Well, I go by Revelation, even if it's wrong. I find out if it's wrong later. But I, that's what we were told, 
and they had sexual sex early, and the, the fruit was just a fruit. She ate, according to the Book of Enoch, she ate these white grapes. God said, yeah. "Don't do that." And that's real simple. There's no something. They try to make it something profound, and they're they're mixing things up into one event. See that? So you think all the you think all the Genesis one events were the same events being retold in Genesis two? No. No, you I I, I already converted to uh, that. That's the creation of Adam there in Genesis one twenty six. For some reason, I never thought about that. I think you're right about that. And we got this from a Satanist, right? You see, it makes so sense you're, to you're me saying because it, you're he's, saying he's that, the head of everything. You're saying that's an earlier creation now. Well, I used to have this crude view that Adam was the creator. Now, hold it here. Anyway, I don't, I don't have an upper sun anymore, but I do have an upper Adam. But the upper Adam is the father, this lower manifestation of the father. That's that's based on Proverbs eight thirty one. I get confused about the. Yeah. I'm gonna have to rethink something again. You know the creator. Yeah, the craftsman. It's supposed to be the son of God. It's right. Him. Um. Okay, maybe there was an earlier temporal manifestation of the son. Either that, or the only thing left is this figure on the throne did everything. You know, in Revelation four, the options are few because I I don't believe that it was Adam, the man that was the creator. I used to believe that. Somebody made him. You see, he's not the creator. Somebody made him, right? Yes. So, uh, so before I thought that the, you know, the upper son made him. It's kind of like he made a lower self. That has to be true at some level. This is terminology. Yeah. Now, the Logos has a beginning. That's what Christians don't see in John 1.1. 1, 1. That's not talking about eternity. It's simply saying that in the beginning, uh, he was with uh, God, and it also says he was God. But it's not talking about eternity past at all. Christians, they, they don't see that. And they also totally ignore Micah 5.2. It says his origins... I mentioned this on the show. Are of old. They don't talk about any origins of the Son of God at all. They own it. It says it right in the Bible. See, he's the beginning of creation, but in one sense, he, he got a heavenly body because everybody has a pre-existent spirit eternally. So that simplifies things. So he's just like everybody else. Of course, he existed. So I mean, if you listen to me, it makes it makes it sound like um, his spirit was like hidden in the Father. Actually, I actually don't believe that. He has to, unless there's something, I don't know. He has to be a separate spirit, but it's his body, his heavenly body that emanated out of the Father. I could be wrong about that. Maybe they are completely blended together. Hmm. I'm not sure about that. Go either way. I've been thinking about this lately, so... Wouldn't he have the same spirit? Wouldn't his spirit have emanated out? Why would his spirit be You would be think different? so. Um, you know what says that... Um, 
he's the father of our spirits, but there's a tendency there to think of birth. It doesn't necessarily have to do with birth. It just has to do with headship, fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Because father is a holistic type thing, you know. It just doesn't have to do with procreation. Mm-hmm. So. so what were your thoughts on, so, so what were your thoughts on Genesis 1 versus 2 now? You think it's the same events being retold or expanded uh, on? Uh, are you talking about Genesis 1, verse 2? Just generally Genesis 1 versus Genesis 2. Oh, verses 2? No, it's not a restatement. It's two different things. Genesis 1... No, I'm talking about Genesis chapter 1 versus Genesis chapter I thought chapter maybe you were talking about Gen, uh, Genesis 1, verse 2 with the gap theory. Uh, no, no. Okay. No, Genesis chapter 1 versus chapter Genesis chapter 2. Yeah. No, I don't think it's a restatement at all. See, they don't. the Christian mind, they don't have anything to work with. The, the knowledge has been extracted, so they're, they're, they're doing the best they can. Um, when I say that, you're doing the best you can if you actually come out and, 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 and acknowledge what appears to be right in front of you, that, that the stories conflict. See, most Christians are not doing that. So at least you're thinking. I know you don't course. have the correct knowledge to figure out what's going on. So you're going to conclude that there's that there's the scholarly view. Uh, we got to be got to be careful with that. I mean, they're they're fairly well divided. Um, no, the scholarly view is that it's a restatement. Yeah, right. Most of them. Uh, I think most most do generally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if something is like 60, 70, I wouldn't say it's the scholarly view. It's got to be more people than that. For instance, like, you know, the 120 years with uh, Noah and the flood, the scholarly view is that's, that's a period of time. It's that, and the layperson's is that's a span of man's life. That's a good example where they completely conflict. And the average layperson, they don't even hear that. They go, that sounds like strange to them. What? Have you heard it before? They just assume that that's the span of a man's life, and you're not going to live that long anymore. So you're going to be 120 years. That's as, as long as you can live. So, because you do have those uh, those tendencies, where you have a scholarly opinion and a lay person, and they're just totally like, ooh, you know, totally different. Go up and look at my notes. I was walking around downstairs. A bit. What's your What's your views on Genesis chapter one? Then you think it's a different events then? then yeah, chapter- it has to do with the immaterial creation. <laughs> okay. I mean, not in totality, because it obviously says in Genesis verse two that he's created everything. After that, well, mainly just I'd have to look at the text. I'm talking about Genesis one twenty six and twenty seven here. That's what we're talking about. Just to be safe. Yeah, I'm back upstairs again, so Yeah, I mean he's taught in that uh thing you read there, he's talking about the upper Lilith. Okay. Okay. And I mentioned on there, I mentioned Hecate. Did you hear me say that? So the upper Lilith is was created with him in Genesis one twenty seven, you think? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I just want to say real quick, you know, with Hikate, you know, the three heads, they're showing you Persephone in redemptive history. Her, 
her different natures. You know, she's the maiden, the crone. What's the other one? Um, she changes in, in these different incarnations. But, but you know what they're doing? They're taking all these incarnations, and they're just uh, simplifying them into three. Three primary categories, you see that? You also see this in uh, Freemasonic symbolism. is absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Azra told me something that I've never been able to comprehend. She was saying some of the things that you said there. I mean, I, I was just like going, what? That um, she gave birth to demons. And uh, I've never been able to comprehend this because I don't believe that spirits have an origin but possibly they have some kind of embryonic form, and they were birthed in some sense through her. That's the only thing I can really come up with. I, I don't believe that they even have origin. birthed to Cain somehow, however it happened. Well, supposedly she gave birth to a horde of demons because she did some stuff that uh, was unlawful. So basically, like some of these demons are there because of that. Possibly, yeah. I uh, see. I what I, I believe a demon is. Um, a demon is a demon. A demon is somebody's higher self. Yeah, that's what I believe a demon is. I believed that for years, even before I believed it in the upper self. Mm-hmm. I, I used to believe. I used. This is what I used to say. I used to say that a demon is is um, is a human spirit. And the reason I said that is because it says right in the Bible it refers to them as the dead. Now they're spirits, so how the heck can they die? Unless, aha, unless they had a body at one time. Because it refers to them as the dead. See that? Yeah. And you can look it up. So why would it do that? They had to be alive at one time. Right. Yeah. Flesh. And Christians, they don't get that one. Now you have to spiritualize that, see? So you can show, see that they've lost something there. See? They're not able to interpret it. Lack of information again. Mm-hmm. My uh, roommate just showed up, so... Um... It's not going to shut anything down. It's just i got to move around him. Um, so what do you uh, make of I thought they told us that the Egyptian Set had something to do with Seth. And there's always this tendency to think that Set is this evil being. But uh, um, it's kind of complex, but has something to do with... Uh, see, Seth is kind of ignored. He's actually a lot more important. Look at the Gnostic. They had a Sethian sect. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, the Gnostic Seth was huge in Valentinianism, too. Uh-huh. But Seth yeah, they is actually more important than people think. They actually considered Seth uh, Adam and Eve's first child. Uh-huh. They, they didn't think Abel was uh, from Adam or Eve, either. I mean, Abel uh, is gone, and uh, Cain uh, became the devil, and uh, so Seth is really important. He's like a type of Adam now, see? And yeah. that's why scholars some of the Sethian, you know, uh, bloodline and everything like that. Well, yeah. But see, in the Egyptian view, uh, supposedly he, he's like evil, the bad guy. Just like when they use history, the word his his story, I mean, that's that's their good guy. And Seth right. would be the, the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And they don't yet to play around with Isis and Osiris because, you know, that's, that's just, you just play that straight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But Seth becomes the bad guy. So Seth is a kind of a it's it's Seth, or they're taking it all and they're kind of he's the personification of the whole thing, but it's actually the enemy, and and they're taking the enemy and uh, personifying it with a single god. 
Mm-hmm. And, but it's really them plus him. And he's going to come back. Uh, we were told who all these people are, by the way. And if... <sighs> I'm trying to remember what we were told. I always forget it. Um... Connie and Lisa got these revelations. But it was like the angels were excited to talk about this. You know, we were told who uh, Michael incarnated over and over. For instance, he with Jonathan. You know. I also want to say, too, that it's interesting. That it's interesting that once you get past, there's a secret medieval incarnation of, uh, of Azura that... Um, I'm not sure if I want to talk about it. I have to get permission first. It's a real bad one. I just assumed that there was no incarnations beyond the first century, but we were told that's not true. But anyway, I just want to point this out because it's somewhat curious. Once you get past Lilith and Semiramis, um, the incarnations of Azra are, are, are good. Now, there's she incarnates twice as... Well, the next time she incarnates, as far as I know, is, is she's one of the... Uh, the concubines of Jacob that Israel is, is is centered around. You know, you had Leah and you had Rachel and you had two concubines. She's one of them. That's what we, that's, that's what we were told. Then after that, she's she's two different women in the, in the Apocrypha. One of them is Susanna. And let's see, oh, <laughs> well, they have these major stories about. <clears throat> and they're good. And... Uh, she comes back as the Virgin Mary, which is the secret of the Black Madonna. The Black Madonna is so simple, it, 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 but it's this unbelievably profound thing that very few people can process. It's actually easier if you're a Satanist or something like that. And it, it, they're, they're telling you that the Virgin Mary was Isis. That's basically it. You know what I mean? And you're just going, whoa. And I was out walking to the store, and uh, one of these—I don't, I don't know what to call them. I mean, call them spirits sounds strange, and like a spirit guide, you know. I mean, that, basically, that's what they are. But they're human spirits. And but they—they they kind of just impressed that upon me, and I'm just going, "Whoa!" I mean, it's so simple, but so profound. And they can put it out there very simply. It doesn't matter. The brain can't process it. You know what I mean? That is an extremely deep secret, and they know it. So they can put it right out there. You know, here's another way of putting it: the Virgin Mary used to be dark. You see that? Now, who's going to process that? Christians aren't going to do that. All right? You still there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you must be profounding, uh, pondering that yourself. I mean, it, that's <laughs> off the charts, man. Now that is another one. Uh, SC, he actually asked me that point question. I said I don't want to answer that. I blew him off. That was in the Persephone's The Death of Me Part 2. I think so. Maybe it was Part 1. I don't know. I don't want to deal with that one right now. <laughs> right. Actually, actually, I I, uh, I I just call on the girls, you know. But they said, uh, don't talk about that yet. People can't handle that, man. I can't believe I came out and said that uh, the Queen of Israel used to be a whore of Babylon. But uh, we were told that... Um, that everyone's going to know this, and uh, the, at the very least, the Illuminati is going to reveal it. 
and that she's going to actually be taunted. Also, like on the Exodus, when she walks by, there'll be these. They're always going to have these gossipy women, you know, because women are more gossipy than men. That's there's not any warning in the Bible about men gossiping. It's about women. You see, they used to sit around in groups and get together and uh, and blab. You know what I mean? Where men used to go out and work the fields, and they were actually alone more with their sons. It's, it's just a gossipy nature that women have. So they're warned not to gossip, just like um, men are not told to um, men are not told to respect their wives. Wives are told to respect their husbands because that's a, that's a problem with women. You see, they don't respect their husbands, and everything starts spiraling down. Uh, men are told to love their wives. That's what they need to do. You see, and women need to respect their husbands. So. All right, so I got uh, more questions for you. All right, this guy's probably going to go to sleep up there. About. So what what do you think about in Genesis two when it has Yahweh Elohim as opposed to just Elohim in Genesis one? What verse is this specifically? <clears throat> Well, Yahweh Elohim doesn't appear until Genesis 2, 4. Whereas all the reference to God before that, you know, in terms of creating in Genesis 1 and such, it's it's just Elohim. What do you think is going on there? I don't know. (laughs) I think something could be going on. I'm not really sure. I was wondering what you thought. Uh, I can't really. And my my roommate, uh, I pay a hundred dollars less if I have a shared room. Uh-huh. And uh, I actually kind of like this room because it's big, and uh, God gives me people that are not there much, and I, I can sit and look out the window. And uh, where if you paid for the other rooms, they're they're smaller, and you you don't have a the view is bad. But I used to, when I first got here, I only paid three hundred for one month anyway. And uh, I'm stuck in the backside. You can never tell when anybody's going to show up. I can always see people coming in this room. But uh, he's up there right now. I could get a Bible down here, but its uh, I don't think it's going to explain that in the English. I'm not, I don't really have an opinion on that. That's like something to look into that you found. Okay. Yeah, I can't give it. Well, I mean, the Gnostics would say that's because, you know, that's when it introduces the Demiurge and when he starts forming, you know, like the material realm as opposed to earlier it was the Elohim was actually creating and the Demiurge just form, was starting to form stuff. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, what I mean there's, also, about- there's also hold on there's also a weird yeah. thing here earlier too in Genesis 1 where Genesis one twenty nine it says and Elohim said Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. So earlier, Elohim said he gave them every tree, and then later, in Genesis 2, it's got Yahweh saying you can eat of every tree except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I find that interesting, too, if that's a... Something that conflicts, or I don't know. Mm. I don't think there's a conflict there. But I know that that's what scholars will say. Everything is more simple in their mind. 
they don't see contradictions in the Bible or, or things that need to be resolved. <clears throat> because they go with a, more of a historical opinion, you know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it, the general opinion is that there's no problem. You're seeing a problem with there. There isn't mm-hmm. one, you know. But we know that there is problems. They're just going along with the show. Yeah. You don't want to step out from from the group and acknowledge something that other people are not seeing. There's pressure to conform. It's amazing, man. It's unbelievable. Where's the first example of this? Genesis 2, what? What you were first saying example, earlier? First example of what? First example of Yahweh? Uh, yeah. Genesis 2.4 two, is the first instance where it says Lord God instead of God. All earlier it was God. It was Elohim. All through Genesis 1, it's just Elohim. Yahweh doesn't appear until Genesis 2.4. Who do you think made the earth? Or oration? I'll hold it here. Oh, okay. We got a problem here. Because... Okay, in my view, I mean, uh, you have this initial creation. Obviously, it has to do with the Golden Age. Now, I hate to complicate things, but um, this is what the angels said, and I've been suspicious lately they were lying. They said that um, this is the emergence theory. This is why I've said some of the things I have in the past because influenced by angels. But see, I believe that 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 the uh, sometimes the angels would lie to us to cover things up. Sometimes they did it because that's what the Father wanted, and other times the Father would make them tell the truth no matter how dark they were. The truth would eventually rise to the surface. So my methodology was just keep hurling these questions, keep banging away, and checking on older answers, and um, they may lie to us, but then it would be exposed, and the truth would rise to the surface. So I actually have this big theological system based on answers I got from the angels, but a lot of it was confirmations that I already Things there, confirmation of what I already had gotten, but obviously there was a lot of fresh details along the way, mm-hmm. and, and you know, mind blowing stuff too. I never even thought about. Mm-hmm. Forgot what I was going to say. Oh, okay, yeah. So the, you uh, I mean the true creation has to do with the creation of the golden age, Earth. You know what I mean? Okay. And they told us, they may have lied to us, that that was actually a different realm. It was the next realm up. And then Michael said that they stepped down from that realm, but he never he never defined it. So I, I misunderstood it, and I concluded that the beings in that realm, you know, like these non-Adamic races, that they came into this one, but I, I don't believe that's true. I don't think anything got through the Golden Age and there's indications the same thing happens at the end of this age. This is something I've never talked about. You see that in Second Ezra. Even the the son of Messiah dies. You're um, saying Genesis one refers to a realm above a golden I'm age. I'm saying realm? that. Um, I'm saying that. Um, well, I got to talk a, a little bit about this. Okay, they told us that the angels don't. Okay. The Son of God is in some creation cycles, and other, in other creation cycles, he's not. That's, that's just what they said. Now, whether that's a lie or not. Because Michael used to lie to try to trick me. But it would be exposed. But some, there's, not everything has been exposed. So uh, 
he had a tendency to try to. He has. He competes with the synagogue. There's no question. He, he actually would come out and say that. Now he'd be he'd be speaking right through Eric. Huh, this is incredible. And he would admit it. You know, he said, "Well, we were in a competition and stuff like that." And uh, just what, he'd come out and say it. And uh, and so anyway, um, they he somebody said I know that he said at least one time that they were surprised when the son of God manifested and it was like a big collective groan because everybody gets they're all concerned about hierarchy they're all trying all trying to move up and hold on to what they have not that you can actually move up in hierarchy because it's all fixed but uh, your your position of power changes and so there was like a collective groan. That's the way he presented it. He's, he's put it. Like, he's very negative, very dark. That's why you see Eric that way. But um, you know, bad attitude, grumpy. Because you got to remember now, Lisa said that the very first time she was around Eric, uh, she thought that he was like very dark, and it's like Ugh, I'm just like feeling horrible stuff coming off of him. That's what she said, and she said it never changed, and she never liked him. Now, what does it tell you? It's going to tell you something, you know, about him. He's he's dark period he doesn't pray doesn't read the bible doesn't fellowship the fellowship thing is huge because he would not come and hang out with us he'd disappear for like three or four months periods and i had to like practically twist his arm to get him on there and talk to you that was all me when those shows that he did he shuffled his feet didn't want to do anything and uh, it felt very artificial and it actually was that way Ever since 1999, he basically checked out because he thought the Y2K was going to happen, and he actually never recovered. There was a different Eric before that. I could go on and on about that. So anyway, um, they told us that the father surprised them. I don't know if this is true. I'm questioning this more and more. And uh, the Son of God manifested. Now, this would be to replace this elder son. You see that? So there was a Son of God. And uh, so then he comes down. Everybody gets demoted. Michael does not like this. See, Michael, now they were saying to us that Michael was number one. Now, that may be true in a qualified sense, but uh, in the big picture, it looks like this Yahweh figure was number one. Because we're talking about a, a, a lesser being between Michael and, and the son. Okay? Okay, so anyway, if this is true, then the Son of God having the primary preeminent role in creation, remember it's done through him, okay, that only has to do with Genesis creation. So the earlier creation, he may not even have been there. You understand what I'm saying? You you haven't heard this before, so I had to tell you all this. But I'm 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 not sure about that stuff, about creation cycles that he's hidden in the Father. Now, I'm open to the possibility that um, the Father and him may be twin spirits, or there's a group of spirits, and his spirit is, like, blended with the Father. And maybe the spirits divide. Maybe that's possible. Maybe he doesn't have an, an individual spirit, like, all through eternity past. Well, obviously he doesn't, because you got psychical creation. These are unknowns. You know, I'm going with the information that was given to us. I believe some of it's false. It just shows you how ignorant we are. You know? uh, yeah. Not only that, when you ask questions about these things, I'm sorry, but I need to say this because we're not doing this. Every yeah. single time, I, just a second, Chris, be there. Yeah, I'm here. Every single time I open the streams, I ask 
if I have permission to ask this question. We're, we're actually not doing that when we do these we're, You see, because that may have been why the, uh, we had problems there, because um, you know something? This is hitting me right now. If we had clarity right now, let me put it this way. The reason we don't have clarity right now is because the Father has not given us clarity. That means he doesn't want us to have it. You either can process that or you can't. Yeah. See, you're going, I want to know about this. This is making me confused. Well, everything is the way it is right now because that's the Father's will. Yeah. And I hold to this quantum leap theory that it's coming and I just have to wait. So I just kick back. Where See, you're out there trying to f- figure it out. You can see that I'm like passive about this. But see, I'm doing that on Revelation. Mm-hmm. I said, well, it's coming, you know. He he, uh, he he taught me to be patient a long time ago, and I, that's that's just the way I am. And then I go by Revelation. So I do the same thing with cosmology, by the way. So my cosmology is based on Revelation. I've never sat down and, like, really tried to concentrate and ask the girls if there was a mound but in the background as I was thinking about it, somebody said that's true or something like that that's actually the reason why I believe in that mound in the middle they seem to confirm that but it wasn't some great big huge thing but it made sense to me I think it has to be a great big huge thing because I mean it's it's the axis Monday it's the central axis of the earth mm-hmm. I think it has to be a, the biggest I mean that's why they called it the pole star, because it's esoterically they're referring to a massive pole that's there. Mm-hmm. Well, the pole star is very important. There's no question about that. I got a book on that. Yeah, really I mean... Book. That's a book you should have. I can't remember the name of that book. So, yeah, uh, I was going to say, too, so what do you think about, like, Yahweh's statements in response to after they eat the fruit. This is also very bizarre. Uh-huh. When they eat, so when they eat the fruit, it doesn't seem like the serpent like lied to them. Like right here, it says. Well, I think it's a partial truth. The eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. So I gave them knowledge. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of Yahweh walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Yahweh among the trees of the garden. But Yahweh called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman, okay, blah, blah, blah. Then further on it says, then Yahweh said, Behold, you know, why couldn't he just? I'm sorry. Why uh, couldn't he just on. say? Why couldn't he just say you ate from the tree? But oh, I know. See, Go ahead. Oh, see, that's another thing. That's another mainstream assumption. Is they're going to say, oh, there's no contradiction here either. Do you know that there's an outside possibility that that could be a lower Yahweh, and he actually did not know, and the Where Father sent him down there, and he's like, um, he must have done something wrong. So I'm going to ask him a pointed question. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Well, that's he what actually it, didn't know. Well, if you just read it, if it's just a straight reading, it appears that this Yahweh did not know where they were. They hid from him. Yeah, it seems unlikely because um, whatever was going on there, I mean, everyone would be gazing intently, you know, the watchers. But it's just a theory, you know. 
Yeah, I mean... So then further on here, it says, Then Yahweh said, Behold, and the man has become like one of us, in knowing good and evil. So, okay, so, and then he says, Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Mm-hmm. Therefore Yahweh sent him out from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man, and at the east of the Garden of Eden he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. So I... I guess I'm confused. I mean, it, even Yahweh says it gave him knowledge of knowing good and evil. So I guess what what was the problem with that? I want to say Yahweh, Yahweh even important. says they, be, they become like one of us. I guess I don't... Yeah, well, I'm going to say something really important about that. Cause i I got to get this out because I don't want to forget. Okay, and we'll come back to that. Mm-hmm. On, on one of our public shows, when I was talking, I think, to you... I pointed out that um, I think this is when you have some kind of a problem, and I resolved it, yeah. And I said, um, the knowledge there is experiential knowledge of evil. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now, that looks, that's a, wow, that's great there, Dave. Uh, hold it here. That creates a huge problem because that means that that being there that's called Yahweh has experiential knowledge of evil. So yeah. now, real quick, now we need to question that, and here's the reason why. Because if that is true, that's a proof text that there is a darker Yahweh. Unless you want to believe that the Father has experiential knowledge of evil. Because if it's experiential, that has to do with acts, acts, specific acts, and he should not have that, because he's pure. Right. So now that we need to be certain if that's experiential knowledge of evil, because if it is, I'm not sure if we can prove that. Um, you know, knowing I, evil. We can't prove, we, well, I don't think we know what kind of, that's my, I guess my question, what kind of knowledge was it? I guess we don't really know. That's the thing. See, the Christian says it just has to do with knowing the, about the existence of evil, and what they say, oh, this is interesting, Okay. What the church does is they overemphasize the innocence of Adam. They demote Adam across the board. And because of that, they make him into this naive guy. Okay, now let's take an example of that. They teach that he was so naive that he didn't even understand that evil existed. Now stop and think about that. Was he really that dumb? Because if he wasn't, that is talking about uh, experiential knowledge of evil. So do you, do you want to push the envelope so far, like the Christians do, to say that he didn't know what evil was at all? That was possible. He lived in this little bubble. Yeah, but, 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 but there, I, there still could be room there, because he could have known what evil was, but the type of evil that he learned from the tree was the kind that he was Middle position? Yeah, I mean, see, that's what I'm saying. We don't yeah, know. Yeah. We don't know what the knowledge was. We don't know... I mean, we don't know. You know something? You have the same problem over and over and over in Genesis 1 through 11. You don't have details. No, you don't at all. I mean, you think, like, that's, like, the most important part of the Bible. That, like, wouldn't you, like, want it to be precise about, like, what happened in the garden? We don't need... That's what I'm uh-huh. saying. Like, I don't even know what happened in the garden. Now, the angels actually said that the, the Illuminati was allowed to take things out of Genesis, the early part. Yeah. Not necessarily put them in, but they take... There's some things that are extracted out of there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what they said. 
So. Yeah. They also said they used to say this a lot uh, that the Bible was a guidebook. They presented it as being kind of simple. And even though you know you can study the Bible your entire life and never figure it all out, that that's a truth. But it isn't. It's not either or. It doesn't cancel out the other truth. That it's also pretty simple because you. I mean, let's just let's just acknowledge what we already acknowledge that Genesis one to eleven eleven is simple, but it's also profound, and, and it's actually deliberately designed so you can read a lot of things into the text that are not actually spoken. And extract truths out of what is not said. It's inferred in the text, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's very carefully constructed, but it's also designed to keep you in the dark. There's no question. At least keep yeah. Christians in the dark. Because you have these supplementary texts, and uh, they ignore, the Holy Spirit does not lead people to these texts. You know, like Book of Jubilees, where you have more detail. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do that. It just keeps them simple. Okay, so I was going to say, well, what do you think about what I read, about when he says you become like one of us, knowing good and evil? And so what do you think about when well, he says... Well, I, hold, I already believe in cosmological devolution that occurred before that. So at, at the most basic level, I wouldn't have a problem saying that it, it could definitely be referring to that, at the very least. Experiential knowledge of evil. Yeah, see, here's the... Th- oh, yeah. Here's the thing. Because, see... Yes, because when Adam was created, he was created apart from cosmological devolution. You see that? Yeah. Everything had already been tainted. I see that. Now, if, if Christians would assume that if it was tainted, like in a pre-Adamic fall, it has nothing to do with Persephone, they would still hold that everything is, is restored. But I'm going to say no. But a way to illustrate that is heaven was not you know, restored. It was descending gradually. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it wasn't, the entire environment was not was not perfect. It had already been tainted. So anyway, the best way to understand things is to make them simple. So you already had a tainted creation, whatever Genesis 6 was. Uh, it's already tainted. Adam shows up and he's actually pristine. Okay. And so he didn't have this this darkness. He was created separate, and everybody was like, "We got to get some darkness into him. We got to get some darkness into him." We don't like this, you know. And that, that that's why the you say why the serpent came. He needs some darkness, you know. So that would explain in part why he was different than they were. See, they had they suffered to some degree. They were affected by cosmological devolution. See, that he wasn't. He that wasn't. That explains all these Gnostic texts where you have the the gods basically feared Adam when he was made. Mm-hmm. Now, I asked you, asked the angels if it was true that, uh, I'm not sure, you know, one of the adversaries, whatever the heck, just make it simple, but he, they actually did, he actually did, was told to bow to Adam, and he refused. Yeah. That yeah. story is actually true. That's yeah, I believe that. Now, you know, these slippery gray angels, um, if that was not true, you would think they would probably try to lie about that, but not necessarily so. If it's a false story, maybe they would support it. just seems to me that they'd be more likely that they would answer the way that they did if it was true, based on their nature. I don't know. 
Well, I mean, Steve, do you think something like that would give credence to the possibility that this Lord God here had mal malintent with Adam by preventing him from meeting in the tree of life and casting him out? I just pulled out? a Channing. I just pulled a Channing. I know this is why Channing does what he does, because the things that I say stimulate his mind, and he goes off in a different direction, and he's completely somewhere else, and then he... Uh, wants to ask a question about what he's thinking, which has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm talking about usually. And I've got a question that's so important, I want to ask it right now, okay? This has to do with what they told us about Yahweh, lower Yahweh or whatever. They said that he was cursed to wander the earth like this Odin figure that they show on Google Images. And this may be the prototype for the wandering Jew, because he's identified with Israel, right? Mm -hmm. You mind asking that question real, real quick? I just like I'm just curious to see what we'll hear. Okay, I, I was just told. So, is it true, in some sense, that this Yahweh that we're concerned about, this imperfect Yahweh, is cursed or something similar to to wander the earth? Is that true in some sense? I didn't. I I didn't really get. I didn't okay. get a strong answer either way. I got two. I got an answer. I got a yes before it and a yes after. And see, the reason this is important is because I believe that you have this basic concept of. Yahweh and his Asherah. Now, if you can proceed off the assumption that that's true, based on archaeological digs and the people actually knew what they were talking about, just like when they knew the Queen of Heaven stuff was real, they knew what they were talking about. As Christians are confused. That would tell you that there's got to be a dark Yahweh, in my estimation. Yeah. Well, the reason I'm talking about this is because it appears that they spend, and this is pretty much true with any kind of beings, you know, relationships, Look at, look at Adam. Adam was wave. Well, something was haywire. How the heck could, um, unless Eve's womb was cursed, how could they not have a child for 130 years? The rabbis say they were apart. You know, for 130 years. Yeah. Obviously, if they were together, her womb would be extremely fertile. The most fertile womb in the history of the world. And she didn't have any children? What? So... Now, see, there is a good example of how the Bible is silent, but see, you can infer things, but mm -hmm. not necessarily be certain about them. You know what I mean? It, it actually encourages speculation, but but discourages certainty. Mm -hmm. So that's why you have these Jews creating all these elaborate stories like, uh, you know, Adam, Adam was masturbating for 120 years. They actually say that to some of the rabbis, you know. <clears throat> But uh, it appears to me that uh, Azra, Asherah, and, and this dark Yahweh have been, uh, she used to say that, you know, that's her consort, once the truth came out, supposedly the truth came out. and uh, But they spent periods away from each other, apart. And uh, Azra actually said one time, she goes, he disgusts me or something like that, but she could have been lying. But anyway, I mean, it's important that if he's, uh, on earth, he doesn't have access to heaven, and that they're actually apart. 
even if they even if they still work together now. She told me that she actually comes down to Earth every day, and she said to, uh, she told me what she does, and I, I want I don't want to repeat it. Well, what about in the Old Testament when it talks about? She comes Baal. down every day to do something evil. It's like a curse. She said she said it's a curse. Go ahead. What about in the Old Testament when it says Baal and Asheroth? Who is that referring to? Well, I used to believe it was. Uh, I got people coming in here now. It's going to be hard to talk. Uh, it's, pouring down, it's pouring down rain outside. Because, I can go out uh, for it, though. Um, well, I used to say that that was uh, Hades. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And why I mention it is because Baal in the mythology appears to be the same figure as Yahweh based on his deeds and such. And you know, it's amazing when you hear Michael Heiser. He sound when he's talking about Baal. It sounds like he's talking about this Yahweh that we're talking about. Yeah. Right down the line. And he'll actually yeah. emphasize the correlation between the two. Yeah, he, his his argument is that, you know, the Israelites were basically in, uh, offering a polemic against Baal and actually saying that, well, it was really Yahweh who did all these things, not not this Baal that you guys worship. Yeah. I think that's pretty... That sounds kind of laughable to me. He, um... Sounds like they're the same figure, and somehow... Either Yahweh got redacted into the, into the text, and his name was added, and they're making it seem like the Israelites worship this Baal, who's Yahweh, or Michael Heiser. I don't know. They, the angels told us things about him. He actually has demons, and he has the spirit of fear. But um, he plays around with all these alternative ideas, and ends up reaching the same conclusion as Trinitarian scholars. That's the difference between him and the Trinit- regular just Trinitarian scholars. Mm-hmm. There's exceptions to that, because you're going, come on, come on, come on. But then, no. You know, for instance, like, um, he's a mono, monotheist, but when you listen to him, it's like monotheism right down the line. <laughs> yeah, I know. He, you know, he emphasizes um, it, there's a singular Elohim, and then there's um, plural Elohim in uh, Psalm 82.1. And then he comes out and says that, uh, you know, monotheism is a biblical position. What did you just say? I thought that you acknowledge there's more than one God. Mm-hmm. He conforms, you see? Mm-hmm. So this is this peer review conformity that you have with these people, man. Mm-hmm. They actually said he has a spirit of fear. Now, they also said that he does hold to certain things that he doesn't talk about publicly. And that's pretty much true with everybody. It's true with me. And you would have to <laughs> actually. They told us what some of these things are, and that uh, he's basically using terminology to deflect people. I, well, okay. If I remember right, they actually said he's a closet henotheist. And if you bring the subject up, he doesn't deny henotheism. What he does, and this is exactly what he did when 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 we had him on there on this other show, but it was a bunch of. God was keeping me away from him. That's why I never interacted with him. I was out walking around. I couldn't find a place to get Wi-Fi because I had no Wi-Fi at home, see. And the coffee shop was full of people because it was Wednesday night, and it was completely crowded. There wasn't You couldn't even get in the place. So I stood out the co- outside the coffee shop on a cell phone. Anyway, 
what he did, he was asked two different times. One of them was, was by Connie. The other one by, might have been by uh, Rex. You know, do you believe in Hanatheism or are you a Hanatheist? Not once, but twice. And what he does is he, he, has, he, he has a prepared... I do the same thing. Okay, when I talk about the Sephitic Prince, I say the same thing almost every time. Not every time. I, I talk about the Heavenly Christ. Now, my, I'm, not that, I'm just talking about a Christian doctrine, which is not in the Bible. But I believe it's the same. Just like Clyde, you see. I was shocked when he told me that. I go, oh my God, we got one here. Because you need to keep your mouth shut, Clyde. Don't talk, I said, don't talk about it on the show. <laughs> but... um. What he does, I, I know what he's doing. He he blows you off, and what he says is, well, I don't agree with that terminology, that term. And see, he knows that most people will not persist. Where I would, I'd say, okay, you don't recognize that term, but do you believe that there's more than one divine being? So I know exactly what to ask him, and I would have done that, but God actually prevented me from doing it. I know exactly what kind of questions to ask that guy, and I, I believe that probably nobody's ever asked him. You know, like on the air, it's all too simple. You see, you got to ask him a very specific statement to back him in a corner, and then because I don't think he's going to lie, he's probably going to he's probably going to try to deflect you, and he's going to go, "Oh, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> I got one here," and he would. Pro- I bet he wouldn't answer the question. You say, "Well, I'd, I'd have to speak about that." Um, in a more detailed manner to explain uh, my precise beliefs. You see how you can blow somebody off with a statement like that? You know, I don't think he'll answer the question. He doesn't want. I, I think they told us he's a closet monotheist. He just makes it sound like he's a monotheist, but he's really not. I think that's what they said. So it's interesting. Obviously, they've given us a lot of information. You know what I mean? It's kind of fading from my memory. I get new stuff, but the old stuff from the angels is fading. I have a lot of it recorded. I have a lot of it written down. But um, I'm getting new stuff now, but it's not not from angels. I hear from Azra any, once in a while, but she's completely... She has no credibility whatsoever. Although, as a general rule, if she keeps emphasizing something... She, I, and to say something about her, um, she discredited herself a long time ago with her lies, and so I had a tendency to not believe anything she said, and then she would actually say things that were true, but a lot of times they were partially true. But then the angels would say, uh, what Azra said was right, and I would actually find out that it was true. And I was just going, whoa, you know, because you can't... She, What she likes to do, once she knows that something's going to be un, un, revealed soon... She likes to be the one to reveal it. This is very important. But when she does, it's more of a Mormon-type truth. It's not not everything she's saying is true. I've seen this consistent pattern. But she wants to get in there and be the first one to reveal it, you know, in some form. I don't care if it's a confused form. She's, she has this tendency, she just wants to be first all the time. And she'll actually come out and tell you, well, I'm selfish. You know what I mean? I want to be first. That's you know she has this queen mentality. See. So I would see. I it's good to do this because I think if we listen to this and reflect on the things we're talking about, it's like you can't figure it out like the first time through. You got to go back and listen to it. 
and then you can make some progress, I think, by listening to something like this. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm doing something real quick. Okay. All right, so let's go back to the Genesis. uh, I can say something real quick that everyone needs to hear. What Azra is, is she is a, uh, she's a vessel of grace. It's kind of like you see the principle with Apostle Paul. He does great evil, and then God, uh, God is real big into reversals, you see. And so God glorifies himself more if he forgives you more. And the reversal has to do with the drama he likes uh, reversals from light to dark and dark to light that are extreme. And I think that's what he's doing with this Yahweh figure, if that's true. And so that's what she is. Below the Son of God, she's this incredible vessel of grace. Think about, you know, if the God would use the whore of Babylon greatly in the future for purposes of light. And that will fry any Christian brain. They go, God would never do something like that. Well, what if he wanted to? Because that's actually the best way to demonstrate these attributes of his. And if he could process that and stop looking to the past to calling her the whore of Babylon and realize, wow, look how much he forgave her. This is incredible. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what we need to move on towards, not looking to the past. And she used to be the great whore. But these simple people, they want to... They're going to be stuck in the past. They're going to be name-calling and stuff like that. So, anyway, I just wanted to say that because it's really important. Go ahead. Okay, so back to Genesis. So when it says, why do you think he didn't want him to take of the tree of the tree of life and live forever? Well, my view on that is kind of simplistic. is uh, just setting aside the live forever, which doesn't mean forever. Um, it means Eonian life, by the way. That's what it means. You actually see that, like, uh, in the Concordant translation. That's the way they translate it, Eonian life, not eternal life. Um, you know, in other words, they would have that same status for a long period of time. That's what it's talking about. Uh, he's just giving them a simple command... And uh, it's all just designed to turn out the way that he wanted it to be. And uh, I don't think it's that complex. They were, you know, doomed to failure. So you don't think there's any malicious or intent on Yahweh's no. part there? Okay. Um, not unless he was acting independently from the, from the Father. Mm-hmm. See, we're, we're, we're proceeding off of ignorance here. I, I would think that's so important that that would be L's plan. And uh, you could have the the mouthpiece of L, this Yahweh figure communicating it. Mm-hmm. That's probably L's plan because it's, it's so important. Okay. Uh, I got something. I got another thing I, I could read here. It's pretty interesting, but then I got to go here soon because I got other stuff I got to do. But, uh, is it all right if I read this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it when you read stuff. Oh, yeah, I, I used to love this. it when Connie would read things. We did a book report, by the way, that, that she'll, we'll have up. And uh, she's reading this uh, Mystery Babylon book. She's reading it a lot. Not as much as the God and Sex one. Well, mm-hmm. actually about the same, really. I don't know. It's pretty good. 
Anyway, I'd like, like to hear it read because he used she used to read to me a lot over the phone. You know, go ahead. It's this article I found. I thought it was pretty good. It says, uh, "Yahweh and Satan, the adversary, or Yahweh as Satan and adversary." Hmm. It says there is one true, mighty God and only one. Quote, "Hero Israel, Yahweh our Elohim, Yahweh is one." Deuteronomy six four. We are told, quote, do not go after other mighty ones, the mighty ones of the peoples who are all around you, for Yahweh your Elohim is a jealous El in your midst, lest the displeasure of Yahweh your Elohim burn against you, then he shall destroy you from the face of the earth, Deuteronomy 6, 14 through 15. Quote, understand that I, Yahweh, am he. Before me there was no El formed, nor after me there is none. I, I am Yahweh, and besides me there is no Savior. Isaiah 43:10 through 11. Therefore, it is quite clear from Scripture that, quote, there is no other Elohim but one, Yahweh. Since there is only one Yahweh Elohim and only one, is he also the creator? Let's find out exactly who the creator is. The very first verse of the Hebrew Scriptures tells us, quote, in the beginning Elohim created the heaven and the earth. Since Elohim is a title, mighty one, strength, this does not clearly identify the creator, so we need more information. Genesis 2.4 reads, quote, These are the births of the heavens and of the earth when they are created in the day that Yahweh Elohim made the earth and heavens. It is quite clear in this passage that the Elohim of Genesis 1.1 is indeed Yahweh and that he is the creator. Yahweh the creator alone is self-existent, the unoriginated original. He is first of all things, Isaiah 41.4, and he alone is creator, Psalm 146.5-6. This being a basic truth direct from Scripture, we must cons conclude that all that has existence must have come into being by Yahweh. The Nakash, wrongly translated, quote, serpent, means, quote, shining enchanter, must also be a product of Yahweh's creation, quote. Now the Nakash was shrewd above every living thing of the field, earth life that Yahweh Elohim made, Genesis 3.1. No, this is the same created individual that talked the woman Eve into disobeying Yahweh in the Garden of Eden. The offspring descendants of the Nakash and the offspring of the woman Eve and Adam will have hatred between them. Genesis 3.15 In other words, the adversary pressure placed upon the descendants of Adam and Eve, Adamites, by the descendants of the Nakash is continuous and the result is hatred. The Nakash are adversaries and are Satans toward Adamites. The matter of Yahweh creating the Nakash is very important and requires some very serious thought because in it lies the whole cause of Adam's sin entrance into the arranged plan of Yahweh, Yahweh's creation world. You see, Yahweh is an Elohim of purpose. He says, quote, My counsel does stand, and all my delight I do, Isaiah 46.10, quote, And I have created the waster to destroy, Isaiah 54.16, the Nakash are simply in the plan of Yahweh and were created to perform a specific purpose in accordance with the Creator's will. Did Yahweh create the Nakash and his descendants just as an experiment? Did he know, being the all-wise creator, what the result would be? Yes. He knew what the outcome would be. He knew the result, and it was just as he had planned it. Yahweh did not create a world, then turn it loose to see what would happen. He watches every one of his creatures very closely. There is nothing that occurs without his foreknowledge. Yahweh knows what will occur from the beginning of time, just as though it had already occurred. His knowledge is unlimited, knowing the end from the beginning. Isaiah 46.10 Yahweh in his wisdom saw the need for an adversary, an opponent, or a Satan, someone to work counter to his plans and purpose, and to undertake an attempt to overthrow his ultimate plan of the salvation and praise of all his creation. 
So we see that an adversary and even evil itself is in Yahweh's plan. Without opposition, Yahweh could never show his superiority, his love. This fact is simple when we think of it. Yahweh needs sin and wickedness in order to have an opportunity to show to the creation his mighty power over adversaries, the adversary, and his satellites. If the Pharaoh of Egypt had not been motivated by an evil spirit, he would not have held the children of Israel in bondage. All occurred so that Yahweh might show to the creation his power over the adversaries. Pharaoh's heart was made stubborn by Yahweh. There are many events recorded in Scripture where Yahweh used an adversary, a Satan, to carry out his purpose. It is evident that even Judas, Judas of himself would not have been strong enough to have betrayed the Messiah, but he was fortified by an adversary, Luke 22.3. Only then was he able to betray the Messiah. In this way, Yahweh's plan was again completed. We can never appreciate the good if it were not contrasted with bad. Had we not known darkness, we would not appreciate the light. We must first be hungry to enjoy a good meal. Yahweh could never have worked out his great purpose without contrast in his creations, such as evil and wickedness. A physician would not receive any praise in his possession if he found no one sick. Neither would Yahweh be praised for the deliverance, quote, from sin, if no one had been lost in sin. Nothing can be accomplished without contrast, but the comforting thought is that Yahweh, by whom all things exist, is not only able, but will transmute all evil, wickedness, and sin into good. No wonder the scriptures tells us, quote, For the wrath of mankind praises you, Yahweh. Psalm 76.10 Quote, Modern Christendom would have us believe in the error that the being called Satan was first created an angel or messenger, then fell and lost his first estate. However, John says that he sinned from the beginning, 1 John 3.8. If this adversary called Satan was created a messenger and then fell without Yahweh's knowledge, attention, or control, and in an independent act of his own will, would the inhabitants of heaven or of the earth ever be safe at any time, not knowing when one of the other messengers might of his own authority decide to become evil and destroy the whole of Yahweh's plan and purpose? Of course not. We are told in the scriptures to let Yahweh be true and every man a liar. We must believe that Yahweh is operating the whole universe, all of his creation, and is in full control, directing each occurrence. Why would we try to shield Yahweh's association with evil when he says, quote, Yahweh was made, has made all for his purpose and also the wrong for the day of evil. Proverbs 16.4, quote, Forming the light and creating darkness, making peace and creating, creating evil, I, Yahweh, do all these. Isaiah 45.7. It says, Yahweh creates evil, the bad. The following verses show that Yahweh creates evil, that he threatens people with evil, and that he sends evil spirits, among other things. As you read through these verses, and please don't skim quickly over them, note that these verses make it very clear that Yahweh is responsible for evil, and not simply a passive bystander, quote, allowing evil to happen. In the verses that follow, we have replaced the true name Yahweh for, quote, the Lord and Elohim. We quote the first set of verses in several versions because the newer translations try to soften the conflict by translating the Hebrew, quote, raw or evil as, quote, disaster, disaster or woe or calamity. But it doesn't really matter what English word is used. The hideous effects are the same, and Yahweh claims responsibility for them all. First, the correct definition of the word evil. In the Hebrew, the word evil is raw and simply means bad. In the Greek, the word is kak. Own. The meaning is the same, the opposite of good, i.e. bad. 
but the definition is to be distinguished from sin, and that it is not a mistake when Yahweh creates evil. Thus the word has no moral tinge. Isaiah 45, 7, I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, Yahweh, do all these things. Okay. It says, Lamentations 3.38, it is not from the mouth of the Most High that both good and evil come. It says, additional citations. We have shown you enough examples of how the modern versions try to soften the original Hebrew word for evil by translating it in various ways. We will quote the remaining verses from the RSV, unless otherwise noted, and you can look up what your modern version says if you like. Jeremiah 36.3, it may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I intend to do to them, so that everyone may turn from his evil way, and that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. Jeremiah 32.42, for thus says Yahweh, just as I have brought all this great evil upon this people, so I will bring upon them all the good that I promised them. Amos 3.6, does evil befall a city unless Yahweh has done it? Jeremiah 11.11, 11, Therefore thus says Yahweh, Behold, I am bringing evil upon them, which they cannot escape. Though they cry to me, I will not listen to them. Jeremiah 14.16, And the people to whom they are prophesying are cast into out places of Jerusalem because of the famine and of the sword, and they have none bearing them, them, their wives, and their sons, and their daughters. And I have poured out upon them this evil. Jeremiah 18.11, Now therefore say to the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Thus says Yahweh, Behold, I am shaping evil against you and devising a plan against you. Return everyone from his evil way and amend your ways and your doings. Jeremiah 19.3, You shall say, Hear the word of Yahweh, O kings of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Thus says Yahweh of hosts, the Elohim of Israel, Behold, I am bringing such evil upon this place that the ears of everyone who hears of it will tingle. Jeremiah 19.15, Thus says Yahweh, Behold, I am bringing upon this city and upon all its towns all the evil that I have pronounced against it, because they have stiffened their neck, refusing to hear my words. So, yeah, it gives, I mean, there's like a ton of verses here that it gives. Keep reading them. Basically, you, you know, showing that, uh, I mean, Yahweh can be a Satan, you see. Oh, okay. But, well, uh, I think uh, sometimes it's talking about, it is talking about only, some of those passages only refer to natural evil. Some refer to both. For instance, like uh, uh, Isaiah 4, 7. See, I believe that all all evil comes from the Father. Yeah. Um, that's actually a theory as well. But um, but I, I don't think you can prove that um, Isaiah 45, 7 is talking about moral evil. It's clearly talking about at least... Uh, natural evil, like earthquakes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. so. It just doesn't clarify. It just says mm -hmm. evil. Because there's two types. So. But they do all come from him. You just can't use Isaiah 45 to prove that. Mm -hmm. So, more Jeremiah 23.12. Therefore their way shall be to them like slippery paths in the darkness into which they shall be driven and fall. For I will bring evil upon them in the year of their punishment, says Yahweh. Jeremiah 26.13, Now therefore amend your ways and your doings and obey the voice of Yahweh, and Yahweh will repent of the evil which he has pronounced against you. Jeremiah 35.17, Therefore thus says Yahweh of Jacob, Behold, I am bringing on Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem all the evil that I have pronounced against them, because I have spoken to them and they have not listened. I have called to them and they have not answered. 
Jeremiah 36, 31, And I will punish him and his offspring and his servants for their iniquity. I will bring upon them and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem and upon the men of Judah all the evil that I pronounced against them, but they would not hear. Jeremiah 42, The captain of the guard took Jeremiah and said to him, Yahweh pronounced this evil against this place. Jeremiah 42.10, If you will remain in this land, then I will bring you, I will build you up and not pull you down. I will plant you and not pluck you up, for I repent of the evil which I did to you. Jeremiah 42.17, All the men who set their faces to go to Egypt to live there shall die by the sword, by famine and by pestilence. They shall have no remnant or survivor from the evil which I will bring upon them. Jeremiah 44.2, Thus says Yahweh of Jacob, You have seen all the evil that I have brought upon Jerusalem and upon all the cities of Judah. Behold, this day they are a desolation, and no one dwells in them. Jeremiah 45.5 And do you seek great things for yourself? Seek them not. For behold, I am bringing evil upon all flesh, says Yahweh. But I will give you your life as a prize of war in all places to which you may go. Jeremiah 49.37 I will terrify Elam before your enemies and before those who seek their life. I will bring evil upon them, my fierce anger, says Yahweh. I will send the sword after them until I have consumed them. Jeremiah 51:64. And say, thus shall Babylon sink to rise no more because of the evil that I am bringing upon her. Thus far are the words of Jeremiah. Ezekiel 6:10. And they shall know that I am Yahweh. I have not said in vain that I would do this evil to them. Micah 2.3, Therefore thus says Yahweh, Behold, against this family I am devising evil, from which you cannot remove your necks, and you shall not walk haughtily, for it will be an evil time. 1 Kings 21.29, Have you seen how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the evil in his days, but in his son's days I will bring the evil upon his house. Second Chronicles 34:24. Thus says Yahweh, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place and upon its inhabitants. All the curses that are written in the book, which was read before the king of Judah. Second Chronicles 34:28. Behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see all the evil which I will bring upon this place and its inhabitants. And they brought back word to the king. First Samuel 16:23. And whenever the evil spirit from Yahweh was upon Saul, David took the lyre and played it with his hand, so Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. 1 Samuel 18.10 And on the morrow an evil spirit from Yahweh rushed upon Saul, and he raved within his house while David was playing the lyre as he did day by day. Saul had his spear in his hand. 1 Samuel 19.9 Then an evil spirit from Yahweh came upon Saul as he sat in his house with a spear in his hand, and David was playing the lyre. 1 Samuel 16.15 And Saul's servants said to him, Behold now, an evil spirit from Yahweh is tormenting you. 1 Samuel 16.14 Now the spirit of Yahweh departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from Yahweh tormented him. Micah 1.12 for the inhabitants of Maroth wait anxiously for good, because evil has come down from Yahweh to the gate of Jerusalem. Second Samuel 12:11 through 12. Thus says Yahweh, Behold, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house, and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor, and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of this son. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. Judges 9.23, and Yahweh sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the men of Shechem, 
And the men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech. First Kings 14.10 Therefore, behold, I will bring evil upon the house of Jeroboam, and will cut off Jeroboam, every male, both bond and free in Jacob, and will utterly consume the house of Jeroboam, as a man burns up dung until it is all gone. Second Kings 21.12 Therefore, thus says Yahweh of Jacob, Behold, I am bringing upon Jerusalem and Judah such evil that the ears of everyone who hears of it will tingle. Isaiah 31.2 And he also is wise, and bringeth in evil. In his words he hath not turned aside, and he hath risen against the house of evil doers, and against the help of workers of iniquity. Proverbs 16.4 Yahweh has made all for his purpose, and also the wicked for the day of evil. What about the creation of angels? Are positive, negative aspects also associated with them? Yahweh both used and sustains both the positive and the negative ones, good and evil. This also applies to angels as well as to man and every other created thing in the universe. We will first concentrate on the negative side of the characteristics and purposes of angels or messengers, since in man's experience this is the most neglected because we almost always want to associate quote, celestial angels with righteousness and goodness and not the evil side of the angelic realm. But in the Holy Scriptures, all of the verses of the Scripture that describe the actions of angels, no matter what type of angelic creatures are being discussed, cherubs, archangels, and other distinctions, the negative attributes of angels are emphasized far more in the Scripture than their righteous characteristics. After all, we are told in no uncertain terms that the accuser is shown to have been created by Yahweh to be, quote, a murderer from the beginning, that is, from the very commencement of his creation, he was already reckoned by Yahweh to be a murderer, John 8:44. Furthermore, he is called a liar and the father of lying, also John 8:44. The last part of the verse means that Jesus considered Satan, adversary in the Hebrew, as the first one ever to tell a lie. That is, he was a lying murderer from the beginning of his existence, what we must realize is the fact that Satan can do no more than Yahweh has determined for that angelic power to perform. Satan is completely dominated by and even governed by the will and commands of Yahweh the Father. Even though Satan is a murderer and liar, Satan can do no more that Yahweh allows him or that Yahweh tells him to do, as in Job 1, 6 through 12 and 2, 1 through 6. And even if, on some occasions, Yahweh does let the adversary touch our lives with evil, the outcome will always be to our benefit. The inspired scriptures teach, quote, All things work together for good to them that love Yahweh, to them that are the called according to his purpose, Romans 8.28. We will always be the winners in the end, no matter what. It is pure nonsense. Just real quick, Chris, that's only referring to the elect. Yeah, no, I agree. show recently, too. I mean, yeah. you may even qualify it twice, but go ahead. <clears throat> It is pure nonsense and decidedly anti-biblical to state or even to believe that the adversary, Satan, was at first a righteous angel that somehow fell from grace after his creation. This false doctrine is normally taught by some theologians and preachers because they erroneously declare that Satan is the anointed cherub who covered the mercy seat in the heavenly house of God, as described in Ezekiel 28, 11-19. That king of Tyre was another personality altogether. The truth is, the adversary was created and ordained to do his role as a murderer and to be the father of liars from his first spark of his life. That is the clear teaching of the scripture. When he performs in this capacity, he is in fact doing Yahweh's will. The supreme authority of Yahweh, the creator, Deuteronomy 10.14, See the heavens, and the heaven of heavens belong to Yahweh, your Elohim, also the earth with all that is in it. 
Deuteronomy 32:39. See now that I, I am he, and there is no Elohim besides me. I put to death, and I make alive. I have wounded, and I heal, and from my hand no one delivers. 1 Samuel 2, 6 through 8. Yahweh puts to death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and raises up. Yahweh makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the dunghill to sit with princes and make them inherit a throne of esteem. Second Chronicles 26. O Yahweh, Elohim of our fathers, are you not our Elohim in the heavens? And do you not rule over all the reigns of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might, so that no one is able to stand against you? Jeremiah 27, 5 through 6. I have made the earth the man and the beast that are on the face of the earth, by my great power and my outstretched arm. And I shall give it unto whom it seemed right in my eyes. And now I have given all these lands into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, the sovereign of Babel, or Babel, my servant. And the beasts of the field I have also given him to serve him. So what it meant, means by beasts of the field there is up to question. Daniel 4.17 The Most High is ruler in the reign of men, and it gives to and gives it to whomever he wishes and sets over it the lowest of men. 1 Chronicles 29.11 Yours, O Yahweh, is the greatness, the power, and the comeliness, the preeminence, and the excellency because of all that is in the heavens and in the earth. Yours is the reign, O Yahweh, and you are exalted as head above all. Conclusion The scriptural citations given here are not a complete collection of all the passages available in the scriptures, but are sufficient to show the intent of this article, that A, Yahweh is the creator of all that exists and in complete control of all his creation, and B, as the creator, Yahweh is the author of both good and evil. So you can see that the scriptures credits Yahweh with responsibility for evil. Next time you hear of, or personally see, or experience a calamity or disaster or woe or any other kind of evil, the biblical thing for you to do would be to credit Yahweh with it. Disease, starvation, natural catastrophes of all kinds are claimed by Yahweh. According to the scriptures, he often sends these pestilences out of revenge or for correction, but sometimes he sends them for no apparent reason at all to us at all except his caprice. The old Christian ruse that Yahweh simply allows evil to happen cannot stand up to these scriptural citations. For the Christian to deny this, he also has to deny the subject verb grammar of Yahweh's word, which is said to have been inspired down to the detail of the individual words chosen by the Holy Spirit. So either the scriptures are not inerrant, or Yahweh is indeed responsible for evil, creating it and putting it to use regularly in accordance with his will for his purpose. The false doctrine that there was a war in heaven between the Creator and his created creatures is false doctrine. The Creator is always in full control of his creation, and all is in complete accord with his purpose. Yes, the adversary and the opponents, Satans, are created cunning and crafty and would deceive the very elect if possible. Yet they will never succeed in undoing anything that Yahweh has purposed to do. Quote, with him, Yahweh, are strength and ability. The misled and the misleader are his. He leads counselors away stripped and makes judges go mad. Job 12:16-17. The adversary is chained, restricted on earth, and limited, and because of the Messiah can no longer appear before Yahweh. This prosecutor, our accuser, is now limited on the earth and to the earth and can only go the length of his chain. In the case of Job's afflictions, prior to the Messiah's coming, Yahweh told him just how far he could go, and he could not go any farther. In each instance where Yahweh told him what to do, he obeyed. 
The adversary and his satellites are all subjects of Yahweh. They can promote evil, but for Yahweh's purpose only, and all are absolutely at all times under the control of their creator. But let us keep in mind that the adversary's career is temporary. It will end in Yahweh's appointed time, but all in complete accordance with his plan. And now, this is a different... These are different... Uh, Things that I found, but this is somebody oh, arguing. Look at uh, that article. Was that all one article? Yeah, that was one article. Can you post that in the chat room? Um. Yeah, not right now though. I'm not. I'm not looking at the chat. Oh well, you definitely need to do that. Now you're going to read something new. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, this is. This I want to hear that post too. What the heck okay. is this guy's website like, man? What else does he know? Yeah, I don't know. Is it I, a website. I, I don't know. I just I just printed it off. I didn't really look at the site or anything. I'll have to read. These are the kind it. of people we need to talk to, man. I mean, I'll find out who yeah, is but, this guy. <laughs> but this is other this is other stuff I found. So this this is kind of arguing from kind of an ex, the other extreme position that Yahweh's a negative entity. But it says, but let us keep in mind that the adversary... Oh, no, I already read that, so... Hey, Johnny, Johnny's in there. I gave him a link, but I said, do not post this room anywhere. And he got caused a bunch of trouble one time when he did that, maybe one, twice, but... Johnny, we're talking about a, a lower Yahweh that can be dark, so, um... Yeah. You know, this, this never has to do with the Father... But now we're talking about it only has to do with a lesser Yahweh. A less actually lesser sounds good. Not even sounds even better than than lower. You know. But mm -hmm. um, so I just want to tell you that because I mean, you know because a lot of things to play with there. But anyway, go ahead. Okay. Well, anyway, this stuff says biblical proof that the Lord God of the Bible equals Satan. These two passages are a reference to each other in my Bible. King James Version, and you can check for yourself that they are in the same context by reading the succeeding few verses. 2 Samuel 24.1 And again, the anger of the Lord, or Yahweh, was kindled against Israel, and he moved David against them to say, Go, number Israel and Judah. This is also referenced again in 1 Chronicles 21.1 And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. Within the same exact context, the terms the Lord and Satan are used interchange interchangeably. As if Chris, they were stop there. Yeah. You know, that's always presented as, as some kind of a proof text. It absolutely is not, because it could be doing the same thing as I said yeah, earlier. First and, first and secondary heart. causes. Yeah. Yeah. And you just easily resolve. It doesn't prove anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just showing that they both did it and but it's 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 an ordered, you know, in a hierarchy. So go ahead. Yeah. He goes on. Uh, well, he say he he thinks they are. He says which they and are. He used he used Satan. I mean, it's real simple. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now there's a possibility that's the upper Yahweh using the lower Yahweh, which is actually Satan. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, it says now he goes on. He says, "See here, the devil Yahweh, who wrote the Bible, left a little clue as to who's really the God of the Bible." betting on the fact that most wouldn't be smart enough to put two and two together. And he's like, the devil's greatest accomplishment has been to deceive the world into thinking he was God and worshiping him as such. Quit worshiping Satan, Christians. Still need more proof? Well, here you go. And then he says, 
Yahweh is the Leviathan, the piercing serpent, the, that crooked serpent, the dragon that is in the sea. Here is a description of the Leviathan, Job 41.20. Out of his, the Leviathan's nostrils, go smoke as out of a seething pot or cauldron. His breath kindles coals, and a flame goeth out of his mouth. And here is a description of Yahweh, the, quote, God of the Bible. Psalm 18.8 and 2 Samuel 22.9. There went up a smoke out of his Yahweh's nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. Sounds like a dragon to me. As we can see, Yahweh's description is identical to the Leviathan's description. And what's the Leviathan? Isaiah 27.1. Leviathan the piercing serpent, even Leviathan that crooked serpent, the dragon that is in the sea. He says, Yahweh is the Leviathan, the piercing serpent, the, that crooked serpent, the dragon that is in the sea. Revelation 12.9, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And then he mentions some other stuff. So he says, Yahweh calls his followers by hissing to them. Isaiah 5.26 and he, Yahweh, will lift up an ensign to the nations from far, and will hiss, hiss unto them from the end of the earth. And behold, they shall come with speed swiftly. Zechariah 10.8 I, Yahweh, will hiss for them and gather them, for I have redeemed them, and they shall increase as they have increased. He says, Yahweh is the adversary of humanity. Satan means adversary, and that's exactly what Yahweh is, the adversary of humanity. He says, Exodus 23:27, I, Yahweh, will send my fear before thee and will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come. Yahweh, Yahweh, Jehovah, the Tetragrammaton, Y-H-W-H, is composed of two words. One, Yah, Strong's Hebrew, uh, 350. And then two, Hova, Strong's Hebrew, 1942, 1943, which means, or at first, Yah meant God of Judea, and then Hova means destruction, woe, calamity, lust after. Fall, fall to be, to become. Yahweh, God of destruction, God of the fall. Uh, and it says another name for the God of the Jews is Shaddai, the, the destroyer. Uh, he says, shed, shed means demon, false idols, shod, violence, destruction, ruin, desolation, shadad, to level, to harrow, shadad, utterly destroy, devastate, ruin, shaddai, God Almighty, the destroyer, shed casting forth fire, darter of light, shadaf, to scorch, to blight. Uh, Revelation 9.11, they had as king over them the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek is Apollyon, that is, destroyer. The destroying one, a Greek translation of the Hebrew, Abaddon, Apollyon. Um, see. Well, actually, there's been discussions about, you know, there's lesser Yahweh, quote-unquote, mm -hmm. that he's actually Apollo. Hmm. That's possible. Well, I think used to think everything else before was Hades. You know, mm -hmm. but now there's two adversaries. So. Hmm. Yeah, that would be well, anyways, the higher self. Wait. That would be the higher self of uh, of Alexander. 
Yeah, right. Well, I gotta say, why do you think that this lower Yahweh? Because don't don't you think that the lower Yahweh originally was friend to the Israelites, and then he became their enemy sometime later? I've never thought about that. Well, because the messenger of Yahweh in the beginning clearly is helping them, right? With the I think that he up. took pride in uh, his position. They typically do that at the most basic fundamental level. Mm-hmm. But as he uh, devolved, he may have turned against them. That's probably most likely. In other words, he identified with them. You know, these are my people. You know what I mean? Right. He'd take pride right. in his people like a family, you know. Mm-hmm. But then became disgruntled and as his nature deteriorated and turned mm-hmm. against them. Well, I mean, because doesn't it say in all the, you know, all the curses in the Old Testament of what uh, God would do to Israel? You know, he said he'd, he'd scatter them, disperse them throughout the nations. He said he, he would become their enemy. Yeah. So, I mean, is he like foretelling there that the messenger of Yahweh would, would become a Satan to them? And he became their Satan? Possibly. But I, now yeah. I believe that that is definitely the Father's will. That's part well, of right, right, right. It's, it's, it's too important. Will, the diaspora but, is too important. Yeah. But the messenger the messenger became their Satan, which is what he's saying. Well, what happens you know? is that, like, with Azura or a lesser Yahweh um, or Satan or whatever, um, they both have the same desire to do something against a human being or a group of but their motive is different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, he could be this jealous God. Um, but it's you know, all these negative emotions and stuff like that. And uh, and he wants to do things for this reason or that reason. But God wants it done as well, but his his motive is pure. But they're both doing it. And mm-hmm. that's because he's carrying out the will of the Father. Mm-hmm. That he has a, a, a negative, destructive intention. Yeah. Or he enjoys it, or, you know what I mean? That's a genocide, all right, let's go kill him, you know? Yeah, he's the destroyer, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a destroyer, you know, you know, there in, uh, let me see, in Isaiah, where would it be? Is it, it's not Isaiah 55. I could find it. You know what I'm talking about. I created the destroyer to destroy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and now, if that's Yahweh speaking, which he usually is, well, hold it. It could be a higher Yahweh. See, there's just so many problems, man. You know. Let me let me look it up here. That passage could be referring to the higher Yahweh and the and the lower Yahweh, and the lower Yahweh is the destroyer. Yeah, the lower ones are the destroyer. And he's he's the celestial Esau. Yeah. That always communicates something. You know, the older son that's dark. And he had the birthright, and it was taken from him. You see that? Mm-hmm. This Adam guy comes along and screws everything up. Because there was a time when it was just Esau. Jacob hadn't been born yet. Mm-hmm. Now, I personally believe that that's an earthly type of what happened in heaven. The, the biggest problem I have with that is I used to believe that Jacob, I got that from the streams, uh, I, that uh, that was another error. That uh, or, 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 The thing with the streams, you can just simply misunderstand it. So it's actually speaking the truth, but the problem is that you're in. So I gotta, that's really important, because that does happen. 
you misanalyze it, but um, I thought the streams told me uh, that uh, Jacob was one of the incarnations of Christ, but the angels said, through Connie and Lisa, that's not true, that he was the incarnation of Michael, and that Joseph was the in incarnation of Christ. Because I didn't mm -hmm. think Joseph was. Because you can't be you can't be both, you see. Mm -hmm. There's overlap there. Somewhat curiously, they said that Job was an incarnation of Christ. Because you could have a potential overlap with him and Abraham, but I guess there's not. I used to go around and around with that, because I used to question it. I go, now hold it here, man, you know. Mm -hmm. If they lived at the same time, obviously this is not true, and the angels said they, they didn't live at the same time. So, I guess who, who do you think I just want to say real quick, you got the same thing in the first century. Uh, Semiramis incarnated as a Virgin Mary, and she died. And uh, she must have died fairly early, because she, and we've told this over and over again, she incarnated as, as secular. But secular is known as, um, oh, jeez, what's that lady? But, uh, Lydia. See, Lydia is not her name. It's kind of like Magdalene. That's not her name either. It's more of a title. They used to name people after their city. She lived in Lydia. That, they that, called that her Lydia. That wasn't Mary Magdalene? Then? What's that? That wasn't Mary Magdalene? Who wasn't Mary Magdalene? That's not Mary Magdalene that you're talking about? No. That's somebody else? You know, uh, Judah, Judas came and he died and he incarnated as Nero. This, this does happen just because the first century is more important. Some of these important figures, they have two incarnations, mm -hmm. one after the other. That's what we were told. Mm -hmm. Both of them. So who is Mary Magdalene then? She's a, she's Eve. And that's why they were both in the garden oh. there when he's when you know it was re kind of repeating things in a shadowy way. Oh, I see. I mean, she was selected among all souls to view the resurrection, right. which reversed the curse to some degree. It started the whole thing. She created the problem. So she, she, and see, God is giving her grace. But you caused the problem. But see, God, he's in a reversal. So he does the same thing with Azra. He pours all this grace on her. She goes back and solves the problems that she created. This is actually the best story. You cannot create a better story than that. Come up with a better one. You can't do it because it has the best drama. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what he's done. He's done that with Semiramis. See, Semiramis is the vessel of grace. Mm -hmm. If God restores something, a situation that bad, then you, you know, that's why you got to focus on the future and not the past, because it's just amazing what he does. Now, see, this is what these anti-Paul people don't understand with Paul. That's what he's doing with Paul. Mm -hmm. Like I said earlier, the reversal principle. Mm -hmm. And Paul knew that. That's why he referred to him as the, the chief of sinners and stuff like that. He's not speaking the truth about himself. He knows he's an evil agent of Rome. He comes right out there and tells you. <laughs> no. I crashed that, by the way. You can crash that in about two minutes. You can't repair it because uh, he's there advising James in the council in 1 Corinthians 15 with, with Peter. He should, James should not even be listening to him. He'd have to be ignorant. And then uh, Paul is approving of him. And then Jesus comes to him and set the, says the things that he says. Why would he do that? If he's 
an agent of Rome or going to be an agent of Rome or blah, blah, blah. There's no way to repair all that. So it's not just um, Peter that goes down. Everything goes down. James goes down. Jesus goes down. You can't recover it. That That's a, a noxious, diabolical doctrine, I believe, it comes from Illuminati. So uh, who do you think this, this higher Yahweh is, then? you think that just refers to the Father, then? I don't know. Hmm. It seemed, it seemed like it would, based on a lot of these verses. Now, the, the the Son of God has upper and lower forms. One is when he's blend with, with the Father, but another one is when he's Metatron, and he's he's separate from the Father in heaven. And that's a temporal form. Now, see that? If that can happen with him... Well, here's an interesting model. What if we take that... Uh, I don't think that uh, this dark Yahweh is, is blended with the Father, so that's not going to work. But at least he has his temporal manifestation. Uh, so he could have a temporal manifestation as well, you know, the dark Yahweh. That just makes everything complicated. I mean, the higher Yahweh, that's not the dark Yahweh, is it? Uh, say it again. The higher Yahweh, is, is that the dark Yahweh? I don't know if there is a higher Yahweh. Uh, we were just told there was. See, it's almost like which is more important, the lower Yahweh, knowing about the lower Yahweh or knowing about the higher Yahweh. Yet right now, it's kind of like more important that there's a higher Yahweh. See, because I, what I've been saying earlier is that maybe God is Yahweh. That would solve a lot of problems. Yeah, I mean, it would seem like it. You'd be able to uh, preserve a lot of these texts without them being deliberately corrupted. Yeah, yeah. I want to do that, you see, so I'm going to tend to focus on those type of things. No, I mean, it would Hard to believe the Bible would, uh, that corrupted. Would, yeah, I would reconcile that Exodus 6-3, too. Mm-hmm. Well, see, there's simple know, questions that we can things. ask. Um, there's simple questions we can ask. We, well, we should do this right now. Hey, Johnny. Johnny. He's probably off yeah, the right, around somewhere. Right here. Can you participate with us? Just see if you get something, okay? I'll okay. check this, que- this, 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 this question. Out, Chris. This is hugely important. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Is there? Is it true that there is? You know, generally speaking, is it true that there is a an upper Yahweh that is that is pristine? His nature is pristine. Got a, I got a yes before you even asked. Me too. I didn't get anything, but I was focused on. Okay, I got a yes now. Whoa. I got a yes before you, like, literally when you were asked, like, before you asked, I got a yes. Yeah, yeah now, here's the thing, is that um, if you have this, uh, if Yahweh is dark only, you've got tremendous corruption problems. Yeah, exactly. There's no way out of it. No. So this is, we've accomplished something here. I, I think this is true. That's funny, I didn't get an answer. But I was focused on you guys. I was speaking on speaking it. Usually, usually they'll say it before I finish it. But I got one later. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Wow, this is this is huge. Mm-hmm. See, this, Chris, this is why I rely on revelation because you can get a revelation in like five seconds, so you can sit there and ruminate over this stuff, pull your hair out for five years. Yeah. I want to believe this is true because it preserves the text. I think it is true. I think that there's uh, lower uh, Yahweh theories from the Illuminati that are going to convince people that the Bible is hopelessly corrupted. See why they'd be motivated to do that? What do you mean by lower Yahweh theories? 
you know, some of the stuff that we were playing around with before. See, we didn't have an upper and lower Yahweh. Oh, yeah. Well, I definitely think they push a lot of this, like, Yahweh's and Anunnaki and Yahweh's Satan. and. They don't say much about it. They put it out there in case you're searching. They actually don't want people to think about this stuff. That's what I think, because they're not, they're not making it. They're not popular. But I'm saying if, when you do stumble across it, they definitely push that extreme. Oh, yeah. Totally. And then they oh, throw out the yeah. whole Bible it's with the... it, yeah. They'll have and the poison they, they, waiting. They the, Jews, have... the Jews, as in the Hebrews, mm-hmm. as in not the fake Jews, but the real Jews, they say that they're actually the enemy, you know. And, yeah. Now yeah, you can I mean, see uh, with some of these guys yeah. that are on this stuff, what they do is they say, you know, the Bible's bad, everything's bad, it's all bad, and uh, it's an evil mm-hmm. God and an evil religion. And Yeah. Yeah. They bought the poison, see. Hmm. Well, let's ask another question. Uh, is it true, this uh, generally speaking, this principle that I have of a celestial Esau that was originally uh, the elder son? I'm getting that that's true. Anything, Johnny? You may not always get something, Johnny, so don't force it. No, I didn't get anything. Okay, yeah. Okay, I, I got a yes. Yeah, I got that. I, I got that. That was that was yeah. true. Yeah, it's really important to, 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 to acknowledge that you didn't get anything. If it's not clear, and if it's unclear, let us know, because we had one that was some. They were trying to stifle something earlier. It happened with both of us. Yeah, so I think that principle. See, now this is the two-sun theory, and, you know, you've talked about this in the past. In the ancient world, they had this concept of two suns. And I think that, see, the, the, con, the earthly concept of Esau and Jacob, where Jacob becomes the firstborn, in actuality, in chronological order, Esau was the firstborn. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and this has to do with the earthly realm where everything's imperfect. So Jacob became the firstborn, but he, he, he usurped it from Esau. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that the Son of God did that. It was given to my father, the father. But you always have imperfection and sin down here. But what's curious about the whole thing is that that would actually be the incarnation of Michael. And yet he would have that important of a role, because Jacob's pretty important. But, but the thing is, what are you going to do? Because Abraham is the Son of God. I'm absolutely certain of that. Oh, hold it. Well, Isaac is in between. Um Isaac, by the way, uh, was the incarnation of uh, either Seth or Abel. I forget which one. Mm. He became Peter. Mm-hmm. And all those, all those, I was just thinking about this last night, all those disciples, they all had these very important previous incarnations. Mm-hmm. Well, let's ask one right now. Just, this is for you guys. I already know. Uh, oh, this would really help Johnny. Is it true that, um, that the Apostle Paul was the uh, the incarnation of of Michael? Uh, yeah, yes. I heard no. You heard no? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm not... I'm not too um, sure of what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. You, you're telling me that when I hear these things, it's not me saying it in my head? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, just a second. Robert's calling. I'll just or I'll just ignore him. I actually didn't really get anything there, but I think it's made because I just am already confirmed in that. I heard that over and over and over again. So I got a guess. But I, I said before that this is this is for you guys. Remember that? Yeah. But it wasn't for me, so I mean that's why they maybe didn't really say anything to me. But obviously, if Johnny, if that's true, even though Michael's dark, I mean, uh, I could see why you could look at that from a different perspective. But anyway. I think I had a question written down here. Oh, I wanted to say something. Is that are you familiar uh anywhere uh in the Old Testament where it talks about uh you know Satan's angels? Satan's angels, no. I think Satan's angels are only in the New Testament and that's that's yeah. the celestial Yahweh. See that? I see that. In other words, Hades Whatever those beings are, the Bible doesn't call them angels, even though they probably would be, but it just, it just doesn't call them that. So it's kind of an emphasis that these are celestial beings, but they're dark. Mm-hmm. And those would be the beings. See, there's this, in the Christian mind, Satan is going to heaven and bringing his angels, and there's a battle in heaven, right? No. Yeah. They were all in heaven, and they had a battle. Mm-hmm. And then they were cast out. That's mm-hmm. where they that was their residence, you see. The place mm-hmm. of residence. Who do you think these beasts of the field are? Oh, not 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 that question, but um that I could ask you that. But um, when it when it says that, when it says just a second, when it says that um that the serpent uh is the beast of the field, how do you interpret that? That's kind of I just interpret that as how how just evidence of how little we know of what the Bible actually means by beast of the field. Because the serpent there was obviously some sort of human-like entity. Oh. You know, that on two legs and could talk. Why am I... Intelligent. Why am I uh, phrasing it that way? They psyoped us with the word beast. Well, yeah. Clearly. It's more like a living soul of the field. Exactly. So it's just talking about uh, a residence, a being that has residence there. That's that's pretty much it. And it would be outside the garden because it was enclosed, so it's not a problem. Yeah, Yeah, so, I mean, and you see there that the serpent, you know, was like a human-like entity that could talk and was intelligent, you know, and resembled Adam and Eve. So there's allowance that beasts of the field could refer to other races that aren't from Adam, you know, like like Negroes, maybe? I I don't know. I mean... I don't want you to get off until you until you link those two uh, things that you read from. Are you in front of a computer yet? Oh, yeah, I can do that. Hold on. Uh, how do you interpret uh, Yahweh, re- you know, it says repent, and that, that's... Uh, that's a deliberate distortion, I believe. But it still looks like he's changing his mind. You know, in Genesis six, I used to. Well, play I, I don't. I. It's more the ones in Exodus that I have a problem with. That seem like 
there's some sort of defect on his part. Because, I mean, like, when you have all the Israelites at the base of the mountain, and only, I mean, Yahweh wanted to kill all of the Israelites. Were all of them sinning with the golden calf, or just some of them? I mean, it never said all of them were, but he wanted to kill That's all of them. That's a great point. He wanted that. to kill everybody. Yeah, he wanted to kill everybody. And Moses was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's those kind of parts where it seems like that this entity is sort of dysfunctional and Moses actually had to, like, intercede and he actually had to change his mind. I don't know. I mean. That's interesting. Yeah. I think that they created that word beast to um, disguise the nature of the serpent. They want well, that and, simple dumb that dumb and, serpent. That and to obfuscate that there are pre-Adamite races. Also, that's what I was going to say. And also it's going to lead to extreme views on on those people. But I don't, I don't, I believe that they are, you know, human in appearance, but they're not Adamic. Your your view is probably a little bit more negative than me about them. It, well, I mean, but I believe. I think that... the most important fact, besides the fact, there's two important facts from my perspective, and this creates balance. It's in between the Christian view and these other racial type views that they are not from the line of Adam. I mean, that's very clear. I mean, it's, the problem with Christians is they think that they're four-legged animals or something. You know what I mean? Well, I, 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 think, I think it's both. I think it's yeah, both. Yeah, I, I think, think that I think... they are both, too. And, I, think, um, anyway, I think there's, there's definite truth in the extreme racial views, and I think that yeah, they're, I they're, they also refer to other beings that are human-like. Yeah. I think it's both, yeah. The other thing I was going to say, the second most important thing, and we agree on that, is that they have divine spirits. Well, yeah. Now, we yeah. we were told that the African... There's like three levels, okay? There's the Adamite race, then there's these... Uh, living beings of the field. And then there's a lower level above the animal kingdom proper, I guess you could say. Maybe they would be, but they're upright uh, anthropoids. Those yeah. would be the African pygmies, according to what the angels said. They don't have this. Uh, so there are some of these people running around, maybe aboriginals in Australia too, probably. Maybe not. I mean, they're 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 pretty smart in some things, you know, and... But the pygmies are so short in stature. I mean, they're they're inferior. Another thing I was gonna, I was wondering after studying all this racial stuff was, uh, it only says that Adam became a living soul because he was the one that was breathed into to become a living soul. Well, he's a super soul, you know. That, I understand that, Doctor. Oh, soul. Well, yeah, but soul. But I mean, it doesn't say that about the beasts of the field. So wouldn't that include some of these other pre-Adamite races? Do they have souls then? Yeah, they have souls. Everything has a soul. Animals have souls. <laughs> Ecclesiastes teaches that. I think that there was a uh, a super soul, and then I think that the soul divided, divided, and, and then you had this pool of souls in the underworld that David talked about. Uh, but 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 all the souls are connected. Everything's connected at every conceivable line. Uh, everything is connected. Physical objects obviously aren't, but they have a kind of a ethereal connection behind it. But didn't the, didn't the super wasn't the super soul though? Wasn't that only in reference to Adam's progeny, or what? 
Good question. Um, I've never thought about that. You can make that case, yes. See, that creates a problem. See. So are you familiar with the traditionist view of the soul, the soul divides, like an amoeba? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, I don't know if I got this through asking questions with the uh, angels, but my view is unique because it's a combination of the pre-existence of the soul and traditionism. See, I acknowledge that our soul comes from Adam and it divides, and that's one of the ways it explains you know, what we call original sin, that you inherit the sinful nature. Yeah, I agree. It comes through the, the soul is tainted. Jesus' soul was tainted. Yeah. In my opinion. Because it was um, an Adamic soul. I know that uh, I was talking to Dave with Dave Colham about the race stuff, though, and he made a really... He, I mean, he made an interesting point. Like you said, that Nama, you know, was Noah's wife, and she was from the Can- she was a from a Can- she was a Canaanite. I that. And we we asked about that, and was, uh, that was just the way God wanted it. Well, she was a Canaanite. So how would a pure bloodline have gotten through the ark from Noah? I don't understand that. That's a good that's a good issue. Now um, he he now, only said he only said Noah though. He didn't say maybe he just referring to him, but not his progeny because. There's a simple reason. Just a second, I want to say something real quick, Chris. There's a simple reason why she's in position. It's just because of who she is. See, they 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 reincarnate and and they they're either adversaries or they're pairs or lovers. They're just always around each other, and that's that's basically why Nama's in position there. Because you're going, why is she in there? Well, that's basically it. it. It answers that much. You know what I mean? Now, as far as the bloodline, that's that's a different issue. Hello. Yeah, could you hear me? Yeah. Okay, now what I'm saying when it says that he was you know, perfect in his generations, um, yeah, it, wait, says nothing, it says nothing of his wife or of his son's wives there. Yeah, but I, I think it's just talking about him as an individual. Oh, I know. So that creates a huge problem. Well, I mean, a pure bloodline still had to get through somehow. It didn't. I don't think it would have. Um, now, I think he had – we've been told he had different wives – you gotta remember that. It doesn't yeah, but that. It, it would have had to have, though, right? How did how did it preserve preserve Christ's bloodline? There had to be a pure somehow a pure got through. Even uh, with well, that's that. what they say. Does it really have to be that pure? I think so. Okay. I think you need that. You need the link from Adam all the way to Christ. I mean, because you don't even believe in the virgin birth. <clears throat> no. Okay. Well, that's why you need a pure, isn't it? Oh. You could reason the other direction, huh? Yeah, I mean that's. I'm not virgin, even sure if I believe the if virgin. It was a vir- birth. If it was a virgin birth, you would the pure thing when the bloodline thing wouldn't even be a problem. But why were they doing the genealogy <laughs> in the New Testament linking Adam to Christ? See, yeah, obviously, do you think the virgin birth is Illuminati propaganda? Because I I hold to the view that they that, that high, the high Christology they manufactured it. I actually put it in the podcast title that says Illuminati Christology. <laughs> I did that deliberately. I want people to what? Yes. It's a high price dollar. It's too high. You know, it's real simple. It's, this is what it is. Okay, they created such a high Christology. They made the Son of God into something he 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 just isn't in order to get you to reject him. When this guy shows up, they're going to go, "This is not my Jesus. This is a false Jesus." Right in the Bible, and all the apologetics ministries will go crazy. Mm-hmm. They're already Illuminati. There's a lady out there who thinks all of them are, and I'm suspicious that she's Illuminati. You've heard of her before. I can't think of her name right now. She got a huge website. 
She says all the apologetic ministries are Illuminati. I think a lot of them are. You know they're going to be. I mean, I am 100% certain that uh, William, what is it, his name, William James Craig? Oh, William Lane Craig, yeah. Yeah, he's he's Illuminati. they got people like him, you know, look very conservative. But if you peer a little bit deeper, you can see some of the things that he does. Yeah. You go, uh-huh. <laughs> they follow these little patterns, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, they've got all these. You know, you know why these people are in position? Because people will look to these people as authorities, and they're going to exactly. say this guy is the antichrist. This, it's they'll say it's impossible that he could be the Christ of the. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, they'll lead you right to the cliff. Mm-hmm. Kick you off. They've got everything in position. You see. Yeah. See what is basically coming is the new Samson. <laughs> see that? Yeah. You go now. Hold it here. You're, what'd you just say? The new Samson is coming back. It's the story didn't end. Those two pillars are symbolic, and I actually think it has to do with Azura and Satan. I agree. I agree. He's going to defeat them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But they don't believe. See, the Christians cannot even allow him to come back. That would be reincarnation. That's why they took that doctrine away, because it blinds them. All these things cannot happen in the Christian mind. Nope. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Did a good job, didn't they? I, mean, didn't you I, I believe that God did all that. They just carried out orders, so they didn't really do anything. Go ahead. Didn't you mention once that you got revelation that uh, Yahweh like desecrated uh, the great goddess when she came back up to heaven, though? So wouldn't that like maybe that would explain like how why uh, this lower Yahweh was like warring that against? That come from Connie. Connie might have gotten something like that. Wouldn't that, like, maybe explain why he was, like, warring against Asherah in the Old Testament, and, like, he, he was warring against, you know, Ashtaroth, and I don't know. There could have been some sort of a uh, going on there. My understanding is that this lesser Yahweh, he has, like, a love-hate. Both he and Asherah have a love-hate relationship. Yeah, yeah. See, the same thing is true with Asherah and the Son of God. Mm-hmm. At least from her perspective. They're enemies, then they're lovers. You see that? Yep. Extremes. God pushes the ex- puts extremes out there to create drama. Mm-hmm. What he does is he creates situations like, there's no way that anyone can reverse this, or, you know, this is just an impossible situation. And he says, uh-huh. You think so, huh? Now watch what I'm going to do. <laughs> He's doing. I know what he's doing. He creates these extremes. That's what cosmic cosmic dualism is all about. All these extremes, extreme opposites. There's nothing more extreme, Chris, than opposite. You see that? Yeah. Because if you only go 180 degrees away, (laughs) that's what he's done. That's the whole creation. Not all. Not everything has an opposite. Mm -hmm. The important things do, though. That's interesting. Yeah, so that's an ending. when it talks about angels, uh, you know, Satan and his angels. That's more of a New Testament concept, so that kind of tells you some indicators there. Yeah. Also, when it says that he sinned from the beginning, it's only going back to the Genesis creation, which is somewhat interesting because the uh, the fall took place according to the angels right after, at the end, very end of the uh, golden age. 
And uh, so it's, that, it's around that general period of time. That would be right. But it's not talking about earlier, see. So what this – okay, what that guy is trying to say, he's trying to say – he's only got one adversary. And he's trying to combine the two, which I used to do, and trying to say that he was made that way from the beginning. But I believe that that's the Hades figure and not the Yahweh figure. Yeah. You know, even you think it means, what, do you, what do you think it means when he, when Jesus said he sinned from the beginning or whatever? What do you think that means? That, that same thing over and over and over again. It's talking about Genesis. The Bible ignores the age of gold. Yeah, but if it's talking about Genesis, how would that be referring to Yahweh though? How did he sin in the garden? Say it again. How did Yahweh sin in the garden? Well, I'm saying he began, he sinned before that. It's just speaking generally. Okay. No, it says he was a liar from the beginning. Okay, so here's the thing. It's going back to the beginning, and he's, it's it's not telling you when he lied. It's saying he was a liar at that time. It says from the beginning, not at the beginning. There's a tendency to believe that he, he, he became that way at the beginning. In other words, he was created that way, but no, it's just... It's, 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 it's also doing the same thing with the Son of God. It's saying that um, in John 1, 1, he was with the Father in the beginning. It's not talking about before that. Just making a simple statement. They were together at the beginning. That's the Genesis creation. And so it's the same, same thing with him, that he was a liar at that time. And it implies that it, he was already, already that way before that. And I think that had to do, he became corrupt after the at the end of the Golden Age. Now, Ezra said what happened. She used to tell us a lot of interesting things. And uh, she said that he um, fell by uh, fixating on, what, on her abuse in Hades. He, the, the angels were able to look at it. You know what I mean? Because they were observing everything. I remember that now. Mm-hmm. But apparently, they can look at it but if they fixate on it, it's it's wrong. Now I, I got to tell you that I believe the same thing is true as a general rule with with us. Yeah. Illuminati has got in there and tampered with this verse. There's a great PDF file about it. I actually talked about it on the show where they have um they've they've tampered with the meaning when Jesus because everybody quotes this. You know, if you look at a woman with lust in your heart. Uh, you sin, and uh, they played around with that verse. There's a whole book on this exposing that's false. In other words, you can admire a woman's beauty, okay? And you know, if you feel a tinge of sexu- sexuality, that's perfectly normal. You're a human being, okay? They're trying to say you cannot look at her. Well, who the heck actually does that kind of stuff, man? We're all screwed up. Now, this is talking about a specific situation. It's talking about a woman that's married, okay? But when you walk yeah. down the street, you don't know if these women are married or not. Mm-hmm. But we're all in big trouble. <laughs> but you could say the case where, um, you know, that he's talking about that you know. But anyway, I believe what what it's done is it's, it's basically made sinners out of everybody. And see, false guilt is very important, Luminati. So it's um, it's not an either or thing. Is you can do it, but you got to you got to nip it in the bud. You can admire. You know, the Bible says that uh, Rachel was beautiful in form. I mean, she she had a hot body, and and I mean, where the hot body come from? It came from God. So, but don't admire the hot body. Well, guess what? The Bible's pointing out that she had a hot body. Oh, but you're not supposed to admire it. Well, you can acknowledge God's handiwork, 
but you got to um, keep a handle on yourself, and you got to look away. And so I'm saying that the angels can look longer than we can, but even with them, there's a cutting off point. Now I believe that the Father told him, "Look it, uh, you got to get this under wraps because you're starting to slide." And I think that he was warned, and he he did not listen. He kept fixating on her. Now I don't know if this, any of this stuff is true. But that's what she said. And that's the cause of his fall. And uh, th- what we see today is pornography that goes back to Yahweh and uh, primarily Asher. Uh, Asher. Uh, I'm saying if, if he fell before the garden, wouldn't that make the whole garden incident kind of dubious? Like Because then we don't know what his intent was in the garden or what. Well, I don't know if so much, but it's a fall, but it's a slide, mm-hmm. and it may have uh, caused the father to judge him. The judgment was more important. You may have had a snowball effect where his fall did not occur until the intertestamental period that I talked about, when it says I saw him fall like lightning. Mm-hmm. He may have slid and slid and slid, and then his fall was really when God abandoned him. Right. Stop working through him in in, in in a good way at all, and just said you're done. Okay, so this is interesting because Saul would be like an earthly type of uh, Yahweh. You see that? Mm-hmm. Well, he, clearly, God was displeased with Saul. He was warning Saul. Saul didn't listen very well, and eventually God left him, and He says uh, an evil spirit took his place. See that? Right. As yep. above, so below. But God, now God was working to Saul to do good things. See? Just yeah. like Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Good and bad, mixed. It got worse and worse, right? Same with Yahweh. Devolution. Mm-hmm. And finally God says, that's enough, you're out of here. Mm-hmm. Same with Yahweh. Now that's what the angels told us. It's just a matter of whether they told the truth or not. And they said that happened after the prophet Malachi and before John. So you have this mysterious error in there. It's like all this confusion. Like what, if, you know... Because their leader is gone, but who replaced Yahweh over the people? Nobody that we that we know of, because um, actually Jesus is the one. Right. He's our chief apostle. He's um, our high priest. That actually didn't happen until he ascended to heaven. You know, apostle just means one who's sent. <clears throat> He may have been an apostle when he was on earth, I'm not sure, but he didn't become a high priest until he was uh, up in heaven. All so right, they didn't well, have anybody. They were people without a shepherd. See that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what's interesting, this passage there, uh, by the way, uh, you, you want to, I think I'm going to upload a passage, uh, audio with a Chris, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not really fixating on Chris White lately because uh, he's got a lot of problems, but if you listen to him talk, he wrote a book about the um, the, the Islamic Antichrist, which he doesn't believe that's the Antichrist is, is Muslim. But uh, he's talking about this Mahdi. Now, this Mahdi is a very slippery figure because there's different views about him. But you can, I mean, it's propaganda. But you can see that they're they're prepping the 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 uh, Muslims for what's going to happen in the future to deceive them as well. Because it talks about this one guy, there's actually three figures, and one of them is supposed to do this for like 40 years. He'll be around for 40 years, and I think that's the Exodus period. And I was just going, whoa. 
Uh, there was some other reason why I mentioned that. Dang it. Who do you think uh, Allah is? Allah is, I don't know. It's, it seems yeah, like Yahweh. Maybe lower Yahweh? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, I was gonna, yeah. Okay, well, when you said that, um, well, Satan came to mind, so you're saying that uh, Satan is like the lower form of Yahweh, then, right? Oh, that's a working theory. Is that what you guys were agreeing upon, though, when uh, Chris was talking about that website with all the text? Yeah, he's, the de- he's the destroyer. Seems likely. Because, mm-hmm. Dave, what you said was that Satan was like an energy that works through Lucifer, right? I, I don't. As soon as someone says Lucifer, I don't want Lucifer. I don't want nothing to do with that word. Don't use that word. Well, you use that once before. That's like the word Jew. Yeah, exactly. Okay, you can't yeah. even use it. It's just so much confusion. Use well, something if you else. Heard the way, yeah, if you heard the way I said it, it, it I, that's I the said Sherry it like Shriner word, by the way. She's a very confusing person. Go ahead. So, what did you mean when you told me that when you agreed when I when when I asked you like so Satan you, like Satan like the energy that works through Lucifer so. What exactly? Did yeah, the you're saying that Satan mean? and Lucifer, so that's just nonsensical to me. I I asked you that before. Use a different that's word, I, than Lucifer. Well, I don't know what. Um, I guess then I would need to know what Lucifer, why it's weaponized, and what it means. Because when I asked you that question before, you agreed that Satan worked through Lucifer, and I was like, okay. Hey, the, the word Lucifer is a proper name. It's not. It's not. Has nothing to do with the Bible whatsoever. It's just a propaganda word. They, uh, you, you have to explain it now. Like I don't want you to take up the time for now. But the question was that uh, was Allah. Like who is Allah? So I thought Satan. I mean that that that's what came to mind because I thought Yahweh because that's supposed to be the lower form, right? So you really can't so, use any of these terms without qualifying them. You just cannot say Satan and drop the Satan bomb. What do you mean by Satan? Because I see, I think there's two of them. So I, I can never, unless someone knows what I'm talking about, I can never, unless I'm trying to just play off a you know, dumb, dumb Christian, I can't tell them the truth. But if I'm trying to communicate truth, I cannot say Satan and, and not qualify it. You can't, you can't, you know, even if there is only one Satan, the possibility that there's two is so, high, so likely that you have to deal with that issue and clarify that so you can have an intelligent conversation, because otherwise it's just a bunch of confusion. It's, it's pretty obvious to me that even if they haven't tampered with the Bible that much, they've created a lot of confusion, so it's it's difficult to even communicate effectively on this subject. You see that? Because notice how, how what a problem we're having here. You know? you got to define everything as you go along. Like, what are you talking about there? And, and you know, it's just, whoa. And I'm really good at that, and it's still difficult. I want to ask you, Chris. Um... Do you have some good uh, a good verse where you have this Baal together with Yahweh? Because you said you had some passages like that. Well, of course, like uh, with uh, the they prophets. They can't be of, the same. Prophets of Baal, remember when they're when they're at war against Yahweh? Yeah. And Yahweh rained down fire against them. You know, it talks about this Yahweh in heaven. And uh, I mean, it seems like the most likely thing that that would be the figure on the throne in Revelation four, right? So that's the higher, yeah, yeah, because yeah. again, this is uh, it's like Yahweh's in heaven and fire's coming down from him up there. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about these proof texts where you know Baal cannot be Yahweh some of the time. 
Yeah, I don't know. I also want to say that um, interactions with Azura, uh, she um, she acknowledges any worshipers who adore her. She enjoys worship. She doesn't care where what direction it comes from. Mm-hmm. So she says that you know she blesses uh, the Roman Catholics who seek her as Virgin Mary, and she blesses the Hindus who seek her as Kali. What she does now, I have felt this myself. Uh, she'll throw you into a static state, and those worshippers are in a state of ecstasy. She does this more with the uh, the Hindus than she does the Roman Catholics. But um, the reason I bring that up is because you could theorize that Yahweh is doing the same thing. I'm suspicious that um, this Council of Baal is we got a problem here. Is that he just he doesn't do just one religion. We got to think about this. How do we know that she doesn't? See, this is why I'm bringing this up. Oh, I know, know that that's she what doesn't. I was, that's what I was thinking earlier. How about he, if he um he was Israel's god, but he he's on a power grab, and so he wanted to be the god of the Canaanites too. You know the Ugaritic discoveries. Now that that stuff is all false because I tell you just flat out the geography is wrong, and uh, so. The area that they're extracting those things is from a different region than a different people than what they're telling you. Because see, I believe that Canaan. I mean, it could have been like in Yugoslavia. You, you got to be consistent if you believe that that is where Israel and Judah. Oh, here's a great question. Right now, okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. I already got an answer. Is it true that Judah? was located in western Turkey. I got a yes. Don't force it, Johnny. You get anything? Well, Dave, you told me it was yes before. Well, I know, but you're tr- you're trying to get some revelations. Did you hear anybody say anything? Okay, hold on. Okay, normally you don't have to wait that long, so you, that's telling you you're really not getting anything. But you you can try. If you don't hear anything clearly, don't don't. Well, since you told me it was, I assumed it was yes. Well, what am I hearing a voice in your head? Okay, I got a yes before I even answer the question. Those are actually good yeses, by the way. And uh, so that means that um, Israel, the northern kingdom, was located farther in the south mm-hmm. east portion of Europe, and uh, Canaan would be where um, east of the Adriatic Sea, you know, Croatia, Yugoslavia, somewhere in there. See that? There's something going on with all this Transylvania stuff, you know. Now, I, I actually believe that um, in Solomon's time, that was part of his empire. I believe that he had an empire. That's been covered up, too. There's there's books on this kind of stuff. One of them's by a Lutheran guy. You don't have anything to write, but it's, I got one of his books, The Ten Lost Tribes Found or something like that. He's written a bunch of them. He's able to think outside of a box, but he's got so much fundamental information that he hasn't figured out that he draws false conclusions 
But uh, one of the great – oh, we could ask an interesting question right now. This is something they go round and round about. When they when they call Dracula the son of the dragon, it basically backs you in the corner. Okay, that's got to be the, the son of perdition. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to say anything more about that. Except for this question right now. Is it true that they use the Dracula figure, at least in most cases, uh, to mock the Son of God? Uh, yes. Let's not begin anything, Johnny. Well, I'm getting, yeah, but... Um... Yeah, that's that's all you need. Okay. Hey, I don't think that they put the Antichrist in this literature. If they do, it's or not literature, but uh, you know, popular media. The angels told us that that is all has to do with mockery. And uh, he, see, they esteem him too highly. They're Christ. They don't. Uh, they don't do that kind of thing. He's sacred. Mm-hmm. Too sacred. Mm-hmm. You see that? Uh, Spirit Queen are starting to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Like now. See, this is a very important question because, see, that's the number one entity that they represent in 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 Hollywood, over and over and over again. So it pivots around that because once you once you once it's not Dracula, even though he's, he's really called, he's, he's called really son the of the Davidic, dragon, he's really the Davidic king, and they they associate mm-hmm. the Dracula connotation with him because people will reject him as the Antichrist. Uh huh. But here's. One of the yeah. big truths. The reason they do this is because he's these one of these immortals that are coming. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that the, the angels tried to fool us with the twilight stuff and tell us that the the male hero there in Twilight was actually Michael, but then it came out later. No, it's the son of God, and of course she's. You know, we know who Bella is, and. uh so there you go. There's a vampire, and there's one simple reason why they're doing that, other than the fact that he's going to be darker than you might think. Okay, he's this the guy that's coming is the Greater Solomon, and he's going to have a dark quality to him. And one of the reasons is is that um, you got this is a big broad picture, but he's the the Azura figure is she's she's she is who she is. And she's still going to have some of that quality to her, and so he is actually now he could, she, she, he could make her like him in every respect, but he doesn't do that. He actually changes him to some degree. Now he he makes her brighter, and he darkens him somewhat, and they become that's how he makes him uh, basically a perfect complement. I mean, not perfect, you know what I mean? But we've been told that you know he's going to marry both the son. Or the daughter and Azura, both of them, and that he will actually uh, love the queen more at least certain periods or longer periods or something like that. I didn't question that. I thought they were lying about that. Just a second. Let me see who's calling here. Right. So... Uh, he uh, he's going to suffer a slide, some, and I think the slide is in the deep future. It's, it's, 
This is something that I was, you guys there? Yeah. This is something that, uh, that I was told that is very strongly oppressed upon me. I could see it. All these things started falling in place. It's just a simple principle. Um, as far as his rulership, uh, you don't want to push it too far, but up to a certain degree, you can benefit greatly by understanding that uh, Solomon is a direct historical prototype. You don't want to take it too far. That's a huge subject because it has to do with Second uh, Samuel 7, verses 14, where it's talking about my son, and if he sins, and uh, and scholars say, well, it has to be Solomon because it can't be Christ, right? But no, it's talking about the Davidic king, and the Davidic king is Christ, and you're going, uh-oh, because that is not our Christ or the Bible. No, it's not. It's not the Christian Christ. See, let's just face facts. When we, when people find out, it's going to be obvious that he's not perfect. And once they figure it out, they will reject him. They said he sinned. You know what I mean? So therefore, he's not my Jesus, and you'll be doomed. <laughs> you got to really process it. Think about that, because this is going to happen. There's there's no way that he's. You're going to have to change your view. You will not be able to maintain your view and accept him. You, you, they're, they're, it's like oil and water. So they started propagandizing people immediately. They don't wait. They want to get it in there and get it ingrained in people's minds, and they started a long time ago after the cataclysm, in my opinion, to create the perfect Jesus, which he actually was in the first century. It's just that they what they did, they psyoped you, and they made you believe that he's coming in the future, that what we want is the Jesus from the clouds. Now, he already came. What we're going to get now is uh, a warlord born of a woman. Now, how many Christians can process that? See that? They can't. They've been psyoped. This is the Antichrist. They don't even, you know, you don't have to tell them it's the Antichrist. They don't even need any propaganda. I'm talking about modern propaganda. Just based on what they believe about Jesus alone, that'll be sufficient. So you have this high Christological propaganda. Uh, nobody's identified it because in order to identify it, you'd have to understand about the Davidic prince. And I've even theorized recently that um, how do we know what these sins are, that he makes sacrifices for his own sins? Because check this out. What if those are sins in the past or even have to do with Adam? But there are other verses that tell you that he's imperfect, and his sons are imperfect. It talks about he's going to punish his sons in Psalm 89. You see? And see, it's interesting. Replacement theology, they say, well, that's Jesus. Well, who are his sons? Well, they kind have of to, odd if it had to do with Adam, though. Yeah, it is. I don't think it has to do with Adam, but it could include that. He's still making atonement. Think, you don't think it would extend before Christ, would it? That'd be kind of strange. I, I wouldn't think so. I just, just something yeah. to think about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot what I was saying, but anyway, there's lots of stuff to talk about, so we should, we should do this more often. Did you put those links in there? Yeah, I got I got the link in there. Yeah. Another thing too, Chris, is that no one has been able to handle this discussion about the identity of the um, you know, the Messianic Prince without stumbling uh, to some degree. Okay, it, it's a diabolical discussion, and it, it poisons people's minds. And we, we we cannot have that kind of thing because nobody can handle it. 
I don't want to talk about it. And so, I mean, Dave would like you to kind of um, want you know, anybody to understand that anybody that talks about that behind the scenes, um, you know, like in that forum, when we find out about it, they're going to get tossed. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean they're uh, I already not. told him I wasn't going to be real active in the forum. I mean, I don't have much time outside of the my Facebook okay. group. So. All right. The same thing yeah. is true with Facebook, though. And Stephen oh, Taylor, yeah, he, I know. He, he, I know. He, Stephen Taylor keeps going up and down and up and down and up and down. And basically, we have something now. What people need to do is focus on that podcast I did on New Exodus and New Covenant and prove something wrong after we get past Jeremiah 23. And not kind of something minor about something significant, because I'm the first person that's proving that we actually have a cultic method of interpretation of Scripture, and that's the, that's the historical exegesis of the, of the Church. Mm-hmm. And nobody's even realized that yet. That, that just shows you that Christianity is a cult, and you don't even know we're in it. They're twisting the text just like the Watchtower. Nobody's pointed this out. What? Yeah. Obviously, dispensationalism is propaganda. Yeah. So, All right, well, I better get okay. going here. You said you posted those links? Yep. Uh, there was a, there was another one, the second one that you read. The last one. That one, I'm not sure how to re-get... Well, that was more like from just some dude posting in a forum. Okay, well, I can still Google just, it because I've got to take the words in succession and just listen yeah. to it and Google it. All right. All right, I'll see you. Yep, bye. Good talking. All right, bye. Mm. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.